Today's episode is brought to you by our own bonus episode. Download Maddox vs. the Universe from iTunes, Amazon, or madcastmedia.com. You're listening to the Madcast Media Network. Madcastmedia.com Welcome to the best debate in the universe. Every debate in the universe from too many hookups to cranky grown-ups <laughs> with over one million downloads. I'm your host, Maddox. With me is David, the audio engineer. Hello, Maddox. And as always, joining me is Rucka Rucka Ali, my bottom commanding moderator. Yeah. Welcome back to the show. Today we've got an interesting debate. Is violence free speech? Big question, huge topic, colossal debate. Then later in the show, we'll round it out with some headlines, as always. But first, I'd like to introduce our guest this week. Please welcome to the show, Tim Poole. Tim, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Guys, Tim is an award-winning journalist whose coverage has been syndicated on NBC, Reuters, Time, RT, Fast Company, Wired, Vice, just about everywhere you've heard of news. You've been there. Yes, if you've heard of news, you may have seen what I've made for it. Except for 60 Minutes. I'm sorry, no 60 Minutes. You're working up to that, though. I think we all are. Tim, better than 60 Minutes. Really? Not not RT, come on. RT? I did an interview with Russia Today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did an interview with with them a while back, and that was the only news outlet that I actually felt was actively trying to steer the narrative. Really? Yes. There was some news story that came out about Mm. how the NSA was putting black boxes to surveil different internet service providers. And my internet service provider in Utah, X-Mission, refused to have one of these boxes installed, right? Mm. So RT came along, and they, they were doing a big piece about that, and they were talking about how the U.S. government is spying on different internet service providers and Americans and so on. And I talked about how I was opposed to censorship for myself, which is one of the big reasons I didn't have ads on my website. I still don't. And they kept trying to steer the narrative back into why the government was spying on U.S. citizens. I felt like it was a very heavy-handed way of steering the narrative. Yeah, and you know, the only news company that has ever been fair... or I, sh- I, sh- I shouldn't say that, but I say, I have gone on Fox News twice, yeah. and it is one of the only times I felt like they didn't try to steer the narrative. And oh, that, really? It's probably shocking to people. Yeah, Fox, Fox News is known as, uh, you know, very, very fair and balanced. You know, they, According they, to themselves. Yeah, they do not like to steer narratives at Fox News. Uh, but moving on, Tim, I should also say you were a senior correspondent at Fusion TV, and you got notoriety first by covering the Occupy Wall Street movement. Yeah, were... that was that was accidental and totally independent, right? Right. Uh, and is that what put you on the map? Because you did a 21-hour marathon session of that, right? Yep. So 20, 21 hours straight live, nonstop, and it is a ridiculous story. People, people were sending me batteries. They were, like, running down to New York. Wow. Going to stores and buying batteries to keep my phone from shutting down because of what was going on. You were just using your cell phone. Oh, yeah. And who, what what news outlets, what uh, media outlets picked up your story? Uh, all of them, I think. Uh, it, was, it was, you know, during Occupy Wall Street, it was it was crazy. I There were, you know, I think 50 to 60,000 live viewers at any given moment. It was, I was using a mobile app, right? Just live streaming. And Time Magazine ran at front, frontpagetime.com. Wow. Uh, Al Jazeera had it on TV. They had your live feed on the front page of time.com. Yeah. And Al Jazeera. So, well, I'll say this. I was told by the people watching saying, I'm, I'm watching this on Al Jazeera English right now. 
they're like using they're picking up your feed and i know that uh a, you know pretty much a bunch of the mainstream networks fair used it they grabbed a portion of it to use for their coverage to be like this is what's happening live now in new york yeah and they're you know i gotta say there's ridiculous estimates on viewership uh just on web alone the, the that one day of 22 hours was like i don't know a few million viewers at, you know for the whole thing which is not a whole lot when you think about like a dog doing a backflip is going to get 10 million views on youtube but then when I talk to the, the the live companies that do syndication, they're saying it could have been anywhere from like 200 million when you when you think about the distribution through global television. Because, and I should clarify, this was when Occupy Wall Street was shut down. It was a huge moment that everyone was trying to figure out what was going on. Right. And they like, here's a guy who's live streaming as it's happening. So you were one of the pioneers of doing live stream media coverage, citizen journalism. Are you, were you a journalist at the time? Nope. Okay, so this was, you were one of the first citizen journalists. You really put it on the map. And by the way, Tim, I think you're selling yourself short here. Um, to say that you had 50,000 live views is incredible. Those are phenomenal numbers uh, to have during a live broadcast. Because even today oh, yeah, on yeah. Facebook, you have these big media companies uh, like Super Deluxe. And, uh, you know, I think I think even Wired does these. All, all these Mashable, all these websites are trying to do that, you know, chase that live stream dollar because for companies, that's the most lucrative type of broadcast they can do. People think, well, why is cable TV so expensive? It's Guys, it's because ESPN sets the rates for cable TV. The most valuable viewer is a live viewer because they can't skip the advertisements. So during football and baseball and national sporting events, those are ads that people are not skipping because they're watching that programming live. And that's why you're seeing so much live programming on Facebook, on Periscope, that's Twitter's company, Periscope. Uh, you have Snapchat. Uh, they're all pushing. Instagram is pushing live stories. Everyone wants live oh, because yeah. that's the next way that you're really going to start monetizing websites and content. So for you to have 50,000, what, Rucka? Snapchat is not live. Snapchat does have live publishing. No, it doesn't. Doesn't it? No, it's like 10-second videos you can post. No, but you, you can do a live connect with Snapchat. No, you can't. But yes, that, you can. Yes, that, you that's can. person to person, though. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's person to person, but it's coming. It's a group. And, oh, okay. And, yeah, All right. Well, so I point out you're wrong, and your answer is, well, they're gonna do it. In the no, team. you can do <laughs> it. Get back. Get finish <laughs> your hey, point. Shithead, you Talk can to still do it live. You can still do it live to one other person, fuckface, and yeah. it is coming to the groups. Yeah. And if you could re change one man's mind, why not the whole world? Rucka, the get point back to is, the fucking you interview the whole right fucking now. Point. I'm tired of this shit. I'm just sitting here like I have no idea what's going on. See what the dishonest media does. Oh, this is why I don't. Don't trust Maddox. I go to mainstream big companies like CNN and Fox News, the type of people that feature your your information. I know I can trust them. I don't trust Madcast. Yeah, he's fake news. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead with your fake interview. Yeah, the only fake thing that's been on this program is when you started talking a you're, second you're ago. Well, uh, me, yeah, you were making a point. Yeah, the point is made. Okay. The point is that during live broadcasting, they make more money. That's why everyone's moving in that direction. Can you deny that point, shithead? Even if Snapchat doesn't currently have it, fuckface, it's coming. Tim, do you agree? <laughs> Tim agrees. He's nodding he furiously. I've never seen you. anyone nod so furiously yeah. in my life. This is like, covering his face. This is like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm covering my face and laughing. It's like a marital dispute. How about, how about this, Maddox? Yes. How about, oh. oh, you're right. Snapchat doesn't have live streaming. Uh, Le my bad. Let's, thank you, oh, Rucka. Oh, this is why you're the moderator. Oh, thank God. Let's move on. Oh, thank G God, Rucka. How about this, Rucka? Hey, Maddox, Snapchat doesn't have live streaming currently, but I still see your point because it's a valid one. This has to be the least professional interview <laughs> I've ever been involved in. By the way, this is our most professional show we've done. Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> making making moves out here. Yeah, I should also say uh, Mikey is not in this week. Mikey is out on vacation. Oh, we I, have David. Interesting. Hello. Filling in because in the in the intro to the show when you said David the audio engineer, I thought that's just your nickname for Mikey. Thank you for clarifying <laughs> that Mikey's not here. Well, I'm explaining to the listeners that Mikey's not here. People wonder, like, oh, where's Mikey? Hey, how's it going? How's it going? What What's do you up, think? David? What do you think? Is Snapchat gonna come up with live streaming? I don't give a shit about Snapchat. Right. Oh, great. Honestly, I I stopped using Snapchat. Yeah. I don't I don't know if it will. You or stopped does. using Snapchat. Totally. Yeah, I used to use it a lot. You okay? So why did you stop using Snapchat? As was explained to me, it's a platform that you have to feed. It it provides no real value to you. You give value to Snapchat. Uh, Tim, have you heard of boobs? Boobs? Um, boobs. I, I think I may have at one point. I'm not entirely sure. Can you explain them to me? Yeah, so they're the, they're wonderful. And you can see them on Snapchat sometimes. Oh, yeah. If you play your cards right, buddy. Oh, okay, look, look, look. That's it, literally look. the only time I'm on Snapchat is when someone's like, hey, check your Snapchat, and then there's boobs in the inbox. But Right, right. So look, if you want boobs, sure. Uh, Actually, the, there's it, also websites for that, I, I believe. Uh, get, get out of here. That's stale. You want <laughs> you want day old bread? You want day old boobs? No way, man. You want you want it within the first. Time. I'm sure lots no, 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 of no, no, lots no. of girls out there are sending their boobs to the one and only Tim Pool, right? You're kind of a public figure. You're a man of the people, right? Oh yes, you're this, all uh, the, you're all kind the of a hero. You're like what well, everything Maddox uh, claims I, to I, be. I, no, I, okay. Look, in all honesty, I do get boobs sent to me on Snapchat. Hey. But but here's here's the thing, right? I'm I use social media to do news and stories, and you know. It's it's about telling people what's happening in the world. I I use Snapchat for that purpose for a while, and it is extreme. You can't build up a a natural Snapchat audience. It's tough, especially yeah. in news. I don't get it. I have some friends who are huge on Snapchat, and they they have amassed this huge following. And I don't know how. I don't know how you get people to get on Snapchat word other of than mouth. boobs. Yeah, it's word, word of, of mouth, mouth, I guess. No, now here's the thing. The whole conceit of Snapchat at first was it was kind of a sexting app where. Oh, yeah. Um, people were supposed to send each other nudes or whatever it is, and then it deleted itself. It, it was for two, the two biggest users of Snapchat back in the day were spies and people who were sexting. And spies, because they could send documents to each other, and it deleted after 10 seconds. But it didn't really. Yeah, it didn't really. It, was, yeah. it turns out it, it hung around on their servers, and people were downloading those. Mm-hmm. But anyway. So live streaming is the what's hot right now. Yeah. That's why and you were, you were yeah. a pioneer. You mm-hmm. were a pioneer, Tim. Well, and I also want to mention, this is a really fascinating story that came out from the Occupy Wall Street movement, but there was a guy, a journalist named Alexander Arbuckle. Yeah. Okay. So this guy was arrested. I did my my research. I did my homework before this, but this guy was arrested for for allegedly obstructing traffic, right? Mm-hmm. While he was supposedly covering the Occupy Wall Street movement. That, tell us a little bit about that and what happened with Alexander. Tim. Oh, this is I love this topic because it feeds right into what this debate is about. Yeah. This guy Alex Arbuckle was he decided to go down and document the police side of the story because he felt the news was only covering what the protests were doing. He was standing on the sidewalk when he was arrested for obstructing a roadway, and the the officer who was the arresting officer isn't even the officer on camera actually arresting him, and they do this a lot. A different officer assigns the arrest to themselves, and they charged him, and when he went to court, the National Lawyers Guild said, we have live video recording from Tim Pool showing that this guy was, not only did he obey the officer's request to stay out, stay out of the way, he was minding his own business on the sidewalk, not obstructing anything. And he was just taking pictures of his camera when they, they arbitrarily arrested him. And they said that my recording, my raw live you know, feed was instrumental in getting him acquitted. Yeah, because they saw on your film, on your footage, that he was not obstructing. And in fact, the police were obstructing. Oh, and the cops lied under oath yeah. about what happened. It's, so, it, it's mind blowing. Yeah. So this was one of the first it was a big story that came out of the, the movement because 
They actively caught the police lying and exaggerating, which is ironic because Alex was there to do a favorable piece in favor of the yep. police. Did you talk to him after that happened? What has his opinion changed? I don't. I don't think I've ever even talked to the guy. Oh, it, interesting. It, yeah, I, I got a call from the National Lawyers Guild, and they asked me some questions, and I said, "What's this about?" And they said, "Would you be willing to testify about what you saw?" And I said, "Honestly, I don't remember what I saw." You know, like I'm filming. It's a heat of the moment. There's cops everywhere. There's, there's hours arrests. of footage, right? Yeah, it's hours of footage. I mean, I mean, look, that live feed is going to remember significantly better than I will. Yeah, I, I can come down and attest that I did, in fact, record this. It is my live stream. Yeah. And what you see is 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 proof. So it got him acquitted. They didn't even need me to come. The judge yeah. was like, I. Yeah, the they, evidence that I'm so glad that that happened. Now we're seeing more and more of that happening these days. I would be curious to see if Alex the guy who was trying to create that peace in favor of the cops, if his opinion changed, because he was going down there to say that the cops are doing a good job, they are not out there, they're not as corrupt as you might think, as, as people are suggesting, yeah. they're not bullying protesters and harassing them. But then it turned out, well, not only are they doing some of the things that they've been alleged of, of doing, accused of doing, but they are actively lying under oath. Huge, huge problem. Surprise, surprise. And Tim, most importantly, I should mention that you started Vice News, right? It's It's... It's a complicated story, right? Okay. Uh, but you could say that. Actually, I should say Shane Smith sort of said that, right? Okay. Uh, it's it's a complicated. Now, for st- those who don't know, who's Shane Smith? He's the CEO of Vice. Okay. Right? Vice.com, with the fastest growing media company, you know, billion dollar, four billion dollar company. Yeah, they're going. They're doing gangbusters now. And and yeah, how yeah. does Gavin McGinnis fit fit into this? Oh, I mean, Gavin left ten years ago. Okay, so he's know, no so longer associated nah, with yeah. with Vice. I think he created a- the magazine in that way back when. Okay. Well, well, with the other guy. I don't. You know, I I know. As much as like I've, I've actually hung out with Shane and I've, like, I've gone to resorts and like drinking Rockies with them and stuff. Mm. And so I have like kind of a lopsided view of what happened with that whole thing. But, you know, there were there were three founders, Shane, Gavin and Sarush. They had a falling out in 2007. Gavin got bought out. Gavin does not like those guys. Uh, but Gavin's working with the rebel. And it's it's kind of fascinating to see that, you know, in 2007, Vice wasn't the biggest company in the world. It was small. Yeah. They, they diverge. And now Gavin is wildly successful with his conservative outlet. He's, you know, almost 200,000 followers or whatever. And uh, his show on the Rebels doing great. But then, I mean, Vice is doing significantly better. But it's really interesting for me to see that, like, Gavin is this successful guy. And so is Shane. It's kind of weird, right? I don't know. It's no, I, I would. I, you know, I here's the thing with Gavin. I mean, he was obviously a talented person who, when he worked at Vice and he went off and started doing his own thing. and He's found an audience. So how did you how did you come into helping develop Vice News? Right. That's there? a good way to put it. It's 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 really complicated. But uh, after Occupy and all this explosive coverage, the editor in chief of Vice hit me up and he was like, let's let's talk. I actually had this uh, this young woman who insisted on being my assistant, which I was like, I I'm like, I don't need an assistant. But she 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 gets in contact with them and. We ended up doing an interview. They asked me if I would work with them. This is back like end of 2011. And I said, I was like, I don't think so. Right. They were like, I don't think you'd want to work with us. But a year later, I, I didn't want to take any offers from anybody. Right. I got all this press attention for my 20, you know, one hour live broadcast. And everyone starts offering me, you know, books, the bells and the whistles. And I said, hey, flavor of the month. I don't want to do that. A year or so later, I started talking to Vice because Vice seemed to me to like kind of get doing news better than most people gritty raw just kind of go there and experience it now did you suggest this to them or they had reached out to you first right i suggested this to them okay so right? they, and they told me no for like six months it wasn't even on the radar that they were going to do news they flat out told me we don't do on the ground reporting it's not what we do we do off cycle and documentary wow. and so like six months of me being like come the on let's do this they finally are like, okay, how about we just throw you some money and you go do something? And then I just shattered a bunch of their viewership records. Wow. Doing actual, it was a combination of 
you know, timely YouTube like documentaries, short docs of breaking news events, right? Live streaming and social, and it did ridiculously well. And uh, Shane was at an event at at uh, for the Knight Foundation, which is this you know big journalism foundation. And someone asked him, "Did they ever think they would do on the ground reporting the way they do with Vice News?" And he says, "No." But Tim Pool, who's sitting right over there, came in, and this is after I had left Vice. And he's like, "And you know." My coverage was explosive. They actually ended up building Vice News as its own channel. Sort of. Yeah. So there was a team involved in making it. I'm like not like the only one who did it, but I was a key component. Uh, I was definitely using their marketing tools to like get funding and sponsorships. Right. So what shattered their viewership records? What was that piece that did that? Um, Do you remember? Because I remember the first the, the, the first thing I did for them yeah. was the Gezi Park protest in Turkey. Okay. And we had millions of views on it. And were you there? Oh, per, on, the ground, on the ground in Turkey, filming as bulldozers exploded in front of me. Yeah. Like, these people were throwing Molotov cocktails. Tear gas was literally, littered all over the ground. I got gassed. Yeah. Uh, we got some amazing footage. And, the you know, it's crazy. They were, they had this guy there filming me. And it was sort of like, can I prove that this kind of news coverage will work? And as the Vice documentarian is filming me do my thing, people started coming up, coming up to me, recognizing me from my coverage, being like, you are awesome. And this, this guy's like, what the, how do they know who you are? And I'm like, dude, we, we're going viral. Like this coverage works. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. And then I went to Egypt and Ukraine and Venezuela. Yeah, that's, that's the fascinating thing. Now I have mixed feelings about Vice and Vice News. I think they do a lot of cum stories, a lot of cum pieces, <laughs> you know, about uh, e- different experimentations with cum. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> okay. but, but the news coverage, when I first started looking at Vice News, I thought, oh, okay, this is cute. Vice is trying to do news. And I tuned in and I looked at it and I thought, wow, this is footage from the battle zone in Syria. Nobody has this. CNN isn't covering this. Yeah. Fox yeah. News isn't covering this shit. So, so I will say Vice had all of the pieces laying right in front of them. Yeah. And then I sort of came in and was like, hey, let's put them together. Right. Yeah. They, they have, you know, the producers that were doing stuff for Vice and the HBO show, like it was news. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But to be actually on the ground during these moments, live reporting, dispatch, it was, I was sort of the catalyst. I, I was the catalyst for that. I worked for a news show a long time ago um, at, a, it's a defunct network called Current TV. I worked at that a long time ago in the writer's room. Really? Yeah. yeah. I had no idea. Wow. You know Current? Are you of familiar? Of course, of course. Yeah, I worked with the one of the co-creators of the Daily Show on a news segment that they would do at the show, and they they were also doing some really interesting journalism, and that was the only other time I've seen this kind of they called it avant-garde journalism, but it was people on the ground floor, you know, on, on at ground zero covering these events like no one else is doing. And that's when one of the journalists, I, I don't know if you remember this a long time ago, back in uh, the mid-2000s, early 2000s, her name, I think, was Lisa Ling, and she was caught trespassing in North Korea because she was there to do a journalistic oh, yeah. piece. Yep. She got arrested and put in prison, and it took Bill Clinton flying out there to try to get her out, mm-hmm. try to uh, to negotiate her release. Very fascinating stuff. I love this kind of journalism because it's the stuff. It's real journalism. It's stuff that nobody's really doing anymore. None, none of the big networks are doing this. It seems like um, they're afraid to take risks anymore. I mean, CNN has oh, correspondence yeah. in Pakistan, and they'll have a correspondent in. Egypt or whatever, so they can do a live go-to uh, if in case in, in case some shit goes down. But the stuff where people are in the war zones, putting their lives at risk, is incredible. Uh, and I can't recommend it highly enough. If you guys see this stuff, at the very least, support it with your viewership. It's really worth it. It's fascinating. Oh, stuff. you're gonna get me depressed, man. Yeah. People don't, you know, it's it's news doesn't sell anymore, and so all these companies are laying people off, 
And it's much easier to just tell somebody who's already over there, hey, we'll, we'll throw you a couple hundred bucks if yeah. you give us some of your footage. Yeah. It doesn't cover the costs. Yeah, unfortunately. Well, it's fascinating stuff. Uh, but moving on, guys, we should talk about the debate last week. So, Tim, last week we had a huge debate. We debated, is hookup culture ruining dating? That was the debate last week, and I put it to the audience. With a 68% vote, the audience voted no. That hookup culture was not ruining dating. And then we also asked another important question of the audience about our very own Rucka Rucka. Yeah. I asked the audience, occasionally sometimes we'll, uh, we'll have promotions on the show. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard at the top of the show. Mm-hmm. Rucka is my bottom commanding moderator. Working his way up the corporate ladder. Yeah. Yeah. I asked the audience whether or not he deserved a promotion. And with a 72% vote, Whoa. the audience voted... Yes! Wow! Rocka! Fuck yeah, that's a landslide. Yeah, it's a, it is a landslide. Sup? So without further ado, it's my distinguished honor to promote Rucka from bottom commanding moderator to power bottom commanding moderator. Power bottom. <laughs> yeah. Sup? Power. Yeah, congratulations, yeah. Rucka. Power you- to the people. You know what I'm saying, Tim? Yeah, yeah. Hey, man, that's what it's all about, right? You are yeah, my, yeah. you are now, now my power bottom commanding moderator. What's up, man? <laughs> Congratulations, Yo, Rucka. Yo, this is a serious responsibility. I hope I'm prepared. I hope I never let let all you folks down out there. Everybody who believed in me, um, you know. And I think I, and this this is this speech is just like going to be 15, 20 minutes. But uh, oh, please, yeah. I don't have know, any playoff music. So I first go ahead. started off, you know, when I was uh, really just a kid. I wanted to be uh, power bottom commanding. <laughs> moderator of a podcast and uh i came from a poor family that couldn't afford to be power bottom commanding lieutenant moderator yeah. on a podcast no but dreams come out of places like detroit every day people start at the bottom and well they be, they, they go to the power bottom <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you uh you became yeah. a power bottom i gotta say Rucka, thank you for coming in every week uh yeah. it's it's really important that you come on this show <laughs> 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 thanks man <laughs> But uh, moving on. All right, yeah. Uh, but we'll post the the rest of the speech on on the on the website later. So. Yeah, we'll have it. We'll have it behind the scenes. Yeah, behind the scenes. We'll have the yeah. the extended cool. interview. This one's a, yeah. this is a three hour long it's, podcast. It's a long with story. Ruckus, it's a long acceptance. story. I have to tell yeah. about this. What got me here today? All right, congratulations, Rucka. Thank you. So last week we talked about is hookup culture ruining dating, and I have some voicemail from some people who weighed in. Listen to this guy, Maddox. What the shit? You virtue signaling fucking cuck boy. What the hell? <laughs> How can you say that sex is just a handshake in the same mm-hmm. breath as sex is the most intimate form of affection? Mm-hmm. What the, you're, you're, you're letting your opinion shine through here. Because mm-hmm. if you are not on the side of his ruining dating, well, then you are just mm-hmm. counterintuitive. <laughs> uh, my t-shirt size is medium. Rucka, you're cool. Thanks. And uh, bring back the Armenian minute. Oh, yeah, it's coming back. Yeah. A lot of things are coming. Yeah. I, think, I think you were trying to make a joke about him being like stupid, but it almost sounded like you, you, were, you were grunting like you were, you know, having a handshake sex. I, that wasn't me. That was just the caller. He was making those noises <laughs> in between sentences. Uh, yeah. It's, what, what's the word he used? Counterintuitive? You're counterintuitive. I'm counterintuitive. <laughs> counterintuitive is, is what he called me. Uh, listen, moron. Yeah. Sex is just a handshake, but a more intimate one. All right. Not it's every a handshake with your dick. Yeah, it's a, it's a handshake. Thank you, David. It's a handshake with your dick or vagina. Depends That's, on how you 
Let's you grab it. Here, you know, mm-hmm. that's a female perspective. It's a Absolutely. handshake with your vagina. Yeah, there's all sorts yeah, of different handshakes, guys. The point is, there's lots of different handshakes. There's different levels of intimacy, and just because I compared sex to a handshake doesn't mean it's exactly the same. You fucking nuggets. Yes, it does. When you say sex is a handshake, you're saying they're equivalent. Rucka, do you understand euphemisms or metaphors at yes. all? Yes. And you are using that metaphor to equate two things. Okay. They're not exactly equal. You can draw comparisons for, for different aspects of something that are similar without saying that they're exactly identical. Yeah, but in that case, you would want to use a simile rather than a metaphor. Sex is like a handshake in that blank. Meh, 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 meh. No. Okay, okay. <laughs> Fuck you, too. All right, all right. All right. Well, if it's the internet, we are here to correct each other's grammar, so... I'm, yeah, I'm glad that's where we're starting. Thank you, David. Thank you for the clarification. Uh, we like to be pedantic when we can on the show. Tim, I've got a call here from a, a regular caller on the show. His name is Weird Matthew McConaughey. He has a question for you. Oh. Hey, Mr. Pool. <laughs> What's your favorite drone to use? <laughs> Have you ever seen some titties with a drone? And do you still keep in contact? Or have you had any contact? With Alex Arbuckle. <laughs> and this is not real. No, it's real. Alex oh, get out of here. John. Yeah, no, just a regular caller calling into the show wondering. So, Tim, you pioneered also the use of drones in journalism. Uh, oh, you were one man. of the first people to do that, right? Actually, and I don't think a lot of people know this, I actually worked with the Northeastern Drone Coalition to set up the first ever FAA drone test site. I actually went to, uh, I think it was Virginia. And this is where I'm sort of frustrated with with governmental bureaucracy, but also proud of my work because uh, I went down, I met with uh, it was like a university based thing working with the FAA and we had a few options for test sites. It was simple point of finger like, let's do this one for these reasons. But they actually I consulted them a bit on what my methodology was for doing for using drones for media purposes in cities and what the dangers were. And I talked about how my team is set up, the technology we use. And they're like, this is fascinating stuff. Thank you. And they incorporated uh, a lot of it into their requirements and some of how they set their parameters up and then told me that if I wanted to fly my drone, they would have to certify me, which is kind of funny considering I'm the one who told them how to certify people. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Get out of here. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I, I like to see how people are starting to use drones in journalism and, you know, different ways. Like it's, it's opening up entirely new horizons of thinking and ways to cover events. I think especially at protests, because I think I've seen police drones at protests, and people don't take kindly to them. They always try to knock them down out of the sky. No, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I can't think of any instances where we've caught police drones. That's the scary thing, is everyone's, you know, we know that there's some weaponization of drones, that yeah. there's some use. But I will say this, though. It is ridiculously dangerous to use a drone at a, at a large event. I probably had a dozen drones and half of them have fallen out of the sky. Yeah. Because look, you got four, you got four propellers. One of them gives out or gets hit by a rock or a pebble or a gust of wind and that thing's coming down. Right. You know? So it's, it might hit someone on the head. Absolutely. That was, that was part of the methodology is we had a spotter yeah. who would walk directly underneath the drone at all times. Yeah. So that oh, they could clear and, and catch it if we, you know, then we had another spotter who was, uh, you know, piloting it and staring at nothing but the drone. And then we had someone who was monitoring the camera feed. So it's actually, you know, three people. It's a to big operate. operation. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. All right. Uh, here's another caller. I think this one's for Rucka. Listen to this guy. Oh, boy. Rucka, you fucking moron. Okay. <laughs> let's indulge your stupid ass logic for one second. Okay. okay. And by your logic, those idiots who play that stupid hypothetical, oh, if you go back in time, would you kill baby Hitler? 
in your case, that means that no, you wouldn't kill baby Hitler because, oh, you don't know if Hitler's going to be Hitler. Oh, also, he's entitled to have the opinions of the Hitler. <laughs> Go hang yourself. <laughs> wow. Uh <laughs> Not, not didn't take very kindly to your argument oh, last I week. I would I wouldn't kill baby Hitler. You wouldn't kill baby no, Hitler. He didn't do anything wrong. I actually read a piece about that a while. I mean, back. baby Hitler. Just to be clear, yeah. all right. The fucking mainstream media is gonna grab a clip and say, "Oh, Hitler did no baby Hitler." <laughs> you wouldn't kill baby Hitler. No, listen. You know, by the way, and I don't want to. I know we don't want to fucking have the same debate over again every week. But listen, did you know that Germany had hate speech laws? Before the Nazis took power. Did you know that, Maddox? No. I bet you didn't. Do you know that Goebbels, do you know who that is? Yes. Do you know Goebbels literally was arrested like 20 times and went to jail a few times for hate speech? Did you know that? No. Okay, so hate speech laws and policing ideas does not prevent Nazis from taking power. The only thing you can do is debate them. Mm. Okay? And that's the only thing. Well, you heard, you heard I mean, it here no, first. By, by the way, <laughs> if, if the Nazis are picking up, are pointing guns and trying to, you know, take control, then you point guns back at them and, and you know, you, you prevent that from happening. But well, this this crazy guy calls in here and says, oh, you wouldn't throw baby, uh, baby Hitler. I was about to say baby Jesus. Or was I? Baby Hitler uh, and and throw him off the building? No, I mean, what, what what's what's that going to do to prevent uh, the the other baby Hitler from uh, growing up and taking control? Yeah, there's always going to be a baby Hitler in this timeline. I mean, every, know, every in a, in a in a world in a <laughs> you world kill one Hitler, there's if always we don't, another. If we don't have better ideas, yeah, then there's a giant void, and then people like Hitler fill that void. Okay, first comes the void, then comes Hitler, not the other way around. Hitler doesn't come to a healthy, rational society. And convince them all to be Nazis. Well, I'll agree with that point. Here is another caller. He wanted to weigh in on the definition of another word we used last week. Listen to this. Hey, Maddox. I just thought I'd call and enlighten you on what a fuckboy actually is. Uh, it comes from rap culture, and it has nothing to do with sex. Uh, fuckboy just means you're a fucking idiot, basically. Uh, if anything, fuckboys would not be getting laid. So uh, there you go. Uh, why don't you send me a fucking t-shirt? Oh, bet you haven't heard that one in a while. <laughs> fuck face. So he's trying to tell us what a fuckboy is. I guess it's not someone who has a lot of sex. It's just a, a douchebag. You mm. could say it takes one to no one in his case. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Hey. What's up? This was like a caller call out, but like from the, live from the studio. Hey, speaking of caller call out, listen to this guy. Weird Matthew McConaughey, I challenge you to a jujitsu match, but be warned, I am a white belt. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. White we're, belt. We're actually having it happen now. I've had so many different callers call in and, and call out different callers <laughs> from the past. Nice. So, you know what that means? Caller call out. Ah, shit. Right. We yeah. got a caller call out, Weird Matthew McConaughey. You're on notice. Just like Trump put Iran on notice, except this guy's a white belt. The white belt. <laughs> So here's another voicemail. I don't play a lot of these, but every now and then I'll just get some really nice voicemail. Here's one, uh, you know, just some fan voicemail. Listen to this guy. Maddox, the show is amazing. I absolutely think you're a fucking genius. Huh. Brock is awesome too. Huh. And so is Mikey Bolts. All right. Great, great fucking show. Rock on, dude. Yeah. That's a, just a very nice voicemail. Rarely uh, play any of those on the show. Because you rarely get any of those. Fuck you, David. <laughs> you know what, David? That's what you get. You just, I'm, I'm resending that ding I gave you earlier. You played that because the guy had an accent and you think he sounds intelligent. 
he is intelligent, and I'm I'm saying he sounds intelligent because just, he said something yeah. good about the show. But only if, smart people like this. If show. some guy from Montana called in and just gave you a compliment, you wouldn't play it. Why? Why not? Because I have gotten calls from Montana. Yeah, we've never heard him on here. <laughs> well, right, look, right. look, I'll I'll make fun of the dumb listeners who like the show, just like I'll make fun of the dumb listeners who don't like the show. You're a man of honor. Yeah, they're all dumb. Uh, not you know a lot of them. <laughs> not all, not all of them. I do, I do get dumb callers. You just said that smart people listen to this show, and yeah. then you just completely took that back when you said that all your listeners are dumb. So where do you really stand on this David, matter? if you would clear the shit out of your ears, I said that only people who like this show are smart. All right? Only smart people like the show, and only people who like the show are smart. <laughs> okay, moving on. Here's another call. This is from a longtime listener of the show. Listen to this. Hi, my name's Candace, uh, first-time caller. I think that the hookup culture is destroying dating as we know it because it's creating a lot of nasty habits that get carried over into serious dating when we're ready for that. So when I started dating again after a breakup, I wanted something serious and I didn't find anybody that wanted the same thing as me that I clicked with. So I just started dating more aggressively and eventually I started picking up some of the bad habits like not focusing on a person. That's something that's common in the hookup culture because people are constantly on the prowl. They're looking for the next best thing or just quantity in general. And if we're doing that, how can we expect a potential partner to give us their undivided attention? People are starting to treat potential serious dating partners as they would someone who they want to have sex with a couple times and then never talk to again. Yeah. So cool. just be honest <laughs> with your partners, um, be honest with yourself and treat each other like people and punch a Nazi. Hey, punch a Nazi. That's our call off for the show. Yeah. Our sign off. So yeah, that's Candace. She weighed in on the hookup culture debate and she said that you definitely should not partake in hookup culture because it is making it more difficult to date people. People will treat each other like sex objects, essentially, and use them for sex and then move on. But I I think that uh, last week, the, the point I was making is that it's okay to have sex with someone you're not interested in on any other level because it's okay to have sex. Are you polyamorous? I am not. No. I am not polyamorous, no. Uh, that's not for me. We've had, a sh- we've had a guy on the show, Rye, a long time ago, I think around episode five or six, something like that, who was from that scene, the polyamory scene, and it's not for everyone. I mean, you know, definitely some people are into it and it's hard. Yeah, you've uh, are, have you partaken, Dave? Um, I identify as solo polyamorous, okay. um, which is this new thing. <laughs> what does that mean? Sounds it's like you jack off a lot. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, with both, both hands. With both hands. Both yeah. hands, yeah. Um, no, the idea is that you are open to engaging in intimacy and various relationships in any capacity with with in my case other women, um, but your primary relationship or what some polyamorous people call your anchor relationship is actually my relationship with myself. What does that mean? You masturbate and also bang a lot of chicks? Like what's going on? <laughs> Basically. Okay. So a long time ago on, I think I was on OkCupid and I started talking to this girl. She seemed really cute. She was inter- She was interested in me. I was interested in her. And we started talking all night long and she told me, look, I have a boyfriend right now. In fact, I have two of them. And I'm in a polyamorous relationship and I'm looking for a potential third. Doesn't matter the gender, blah, blah, blah. And we went down this path. Oh, and near the end of the conversation, after we'd been talking for a while, I said, well, I don't know what this is all about. I don't know if I can get on board with it. 
Uh, maybe we should grab a coffee sometime. How about next Wednesday? She said, oh, I have a date next Wednesday with one of my boyfriends. And I said, well, what about Thursday? She goes, I have a date with the other boyfriend on Thursday. And then I th- and then I found myself trying to work in her schedule to, to pencil myself into this weird relationship where she's like dating two other dudes. And I felt weird about it. I thought this was more accounting than I'm used to. And when it comes to relationships and hookups, and I thought, nah. I'm out. This is not for me. Just logistically, it's a pain in the ass. Let alone, I don't know if I'm the type of person who could go down that path and date someone who's also dating a bunch of other people. That's just weird uh, for me. I'm, it's not for me. I'm just over all of it. Yeah. The games, the cast. I just, I, I, I'm, I'm nothing. I don't assign myself to like polyamory. I'm, I'm just, just leave me alone. Just right? doing you. Yeah. I'll just do me. Exactly. If I meet a chick who's cool and we get along, we're fine. Otherwise, just shut up. I'm, I'm over it. You hear that, girls? Shut up. Yeah. Maybe our last caller is uh, single. Our last caller. Candace. Maybe. You know what? Maybe we'll have not only caller call out, but a caller meetup. Aw, shit. You know, maybe we'll have a caller single meetup. Yeah. Become a dating service. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, Here's another perspective about the hookup culture, though. Here's another caller. Hey, Maddox. Hey, everybody else. Hey. Your old pal, DP. I'm going to go ahead and say that no, hookup culture is not ruining dating. For the simple fact that I met my wife at a bar, we had no intention of of getting together whatsoever for a relationship, but the sex was awesome. We are polar fucking opposites. Like, if I was to meet her anywhere other than being drunk and having sex, I would have said no, because her and I are so different, but we level each other out. I'm going to go ahead and say no. That's all I got to say and keep up with the work. Does, does she talk really quiet? Is that how you're complete opposite? It's got to be. They're it's complete opposite. Yelling in my ear. One's, one's a man, one's a woman. Opposite genders. Yeah. He's just shouting so loud because he's trying to silence the existential crisis. <laughs> <laughs> From a scientific point of view, that's great for evolution, right? Non homogenized gene pool. Yeah, actually, yeah. I've, I've read that, uh, that case. I think an anthropologist wrote an article a while back saying that. Uh, essentially, humans are not meant to be in monogamous relationships because it, we have a genetic advantage for men to try to sleep with as many different women as possible and vice versa so that we can spread the genes and make more kids, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. That's uh, that's one argument. I've also heard arguments for monogamy, so I don't know. There's a really interesting idea here. I'm going to I'm going to bring it up. You're, you've, you've played Fallout, obviously. Uh, yeah, it's boring. Yeah. So in Fallout, there's Vault 68 and 69. Are you familiar with that? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I know about the vaults in the game, but let's, uh, let's explain. Yeah, go on. In vault 69, it's 99 women and one man. Oh, really? And in vault 69? Yes. Yes. Okay. They were very, you know, uh-huh. uh, well, anything but subtle. Very on uh, point. And then yeah. six, 68 is 99 men and one woman. Okay. And you start reading about how, uh, in the game you can read about the vaults, but it's, it's, inter- it's, it's interesting when you realize if all men died right now, but one. Right. Humanity's fine. That, yeah. that one guy could impregnate, and then within nine months, you've had a million babies, right? However much the guy can produce. But if it was the other way around, if all the women but one woman died, we're fucked. Hmm. You know what I mean? So it, that's like an interesting gender dynamic to... Uh, to unless, that, yeah. unless Tim, see, here's, here's where you, you screw up, okay? Unless that woman is Octomom. Now, I don't know if you guys remember Octomom, but uh, back in the early 2000s, she was a lady who got impregnated with octuplets. Octets, oct- yeah, octuplets. We're she saved. had eight kids, right? So if you, if she was Octomom, you didn't think of that, Tim. And you have <laughs> well, eight still kids. Still, just eight in eight like ki- in nine all months. All of humanity produced eight children in nine months. 
Well, that's something. And then thirty, and then, you know, or then you know what? Eighteen years later, we can make some more kids or something. Yo, as well, much, as much yeah. as I would miss hanging with my bros, you got to admit, being the only guy on the planet would be a fucking party, man. No way. No. No. no absolutely. Not. At least for like yeah. the first couple it's a days, lot of dude. Fucking pressure. There's a comic book that someone made a long time ago. I, forget, I think it's called The Last Man on Earth or something like that. And it's they look at this story, this potential future with one man and all women on earth and it is not the fan the orgy fantasy that you imagine no. it would be it turns out it's like this really weird political dynamic yeah. starts to grow and you yeah. have all these women vying for power and right. the guy is kind of the guy loses all power mm-hmm. in, in fact rather than being the most powerful man on earth he become he has no power at all right. because all these women are vying for they him. treat him like a slave now i'm playing yeah. the tape forward there would be like militias going up against each other for this man's sperm. Basically, it yeah. Would, it would become, uh, yeah. He would wars. become a power bottom. He would- <laughs> totally. <laughs> well, we only have one power bottom commanding moderator on this show, but we should move on to the actual debate. Coming up at the end of the show, I've got some quick news headlines as always, but joining me again this week is now my power bottom commanding moderator, Rekka Rekka Ali. Let's hear your buzzer. And Tim Poole, let's hear his. Trigger. Okay, that is Tim's buzzer. If either of these two fine gentlemen hear anything I say that is incorrect, if I make a logical contradiction, or if you just want to chime in, disagree with me, anything of that nature, feel free to use that buzzer. But moving on to the debate this week, conservative speaker Milo Yiannopoulos recently had to cancel a speaking event at Berkeley campus because protests erupted ahead of the event and became violent. In fact, protests caused over $100,000 in damage to the campus recently. According to CNN, the school blamed 150 masked agitators for the unrest, saying that they had come in to disturb an otherwise peaceful protest. Two people were attacked while conducting an interview, and the attackers, who were not affiliated with the university, were taken into custody by Berkeley police. This is according to CNN. They said at least six people were injured. Some were attacked by the agitators, who are part of an anarchist group known as the Black Bloc. That has been causing problems in Oakland for years, said Dan Mogulov, UC Berkeley spokesperson. Uh, here is the here's a clip from CNN. Listen to this. A mob set fire to campus lights. Milo's name melting. The president Yiannopoulos supports also a target here. Notable because Yiannopoulos worked for now White House chief strategist Steve Bannon at Breitbart. So Breitbart is the website, the news website, the alternate news website, the alt right news website that Milo Yiannopoulos is the editor of. So with so many protests going on around the world and the country, it's inevitable that more violence will occasionally erupt. So that leads us to the debate this week. Is violence free speech? Now is your chance to vote before listening to the debate at the website madcastmedia.com. But what is your opinion, Tim? What do you think? Is violence free speech? I got to say two things first. I got to correct that news report. Okay. Okay. Uh, they said the, the group was called the Black Bloc. That's yeah. it's not a group. Okay, uh, it's just a tactic. People dress up in black so that the police can't identify them. Right? Okay, uh, and then I would say no. Violence is not free speech. Violence is not free speech. Okay, interesting. So I want to hear this debate. I think that this is going to be an interesting one because people generally don't think of violence as a form of expression. Why do you think violence is not free speech? Um, well, speech is the expression of an idea, right? Yeah. Um, typically it refers to speaking or engaging in some kind of, me- uh, sending a message in a way. Mm-hmm. So I, I understand that this, this is an argument, but the free exchange of ideas cannot happen if you are scaring people or causing them harm. It no longer becomes 
an exchange of ideas it becomes beating someone into submission interesting okay so i see you nodding over there rucka do you think that intimidation is also a tactic to prevent free speech because violence here is intimidation right oh yeah but it's also direct destruction of direct destruction yeah. of property okay i'm i'm so i'm going to argue the other side of this debate that violence is free speech because here's what i think in terms of expression all right the ultimate point of speech is to express yourself to express an idea to express a statement whatever that may be and there's different ways that you can have free speech writing is one of the most readily that comes to mind. It's protected in the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. Speaking, obviously, which we mentioned just a minute ago. Then you have dancing and performance. I don't know if you guys remember this, but Shia LaBeouf got some controversy right around the time, I think the second or third Transformers movie came out, where he was caught plagiarizing someone, and he got called out on it, kind of lost his mind for a hot minute. Then he 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 hired a skywriter to write the words I'm sorry in the sky over Los Angeles or I think it was Oakland or wherever the writer was and he apologized and then he came out and he said well this was all part of a big performance art piece so he said this whole thing was performance art and a lot of times people can do things and under the guise of performance art and you can't really question them unless you have a good reason not to believe that it is but that's a, a form of expression he was arguing You can express yourself in a lot of different ways, a lot of different mediums, and a lot of different venues. So if you see the word Trump or you see the word Obama written down on a billboard somewhere, say it's not a billboard, say it's just a public property, like a university, and you go and vandalize that, isn't that an expression? Yes. You know what? I got to say your argument was masterful. You have totally swayed my mind, and now I'm going to take off these headphones and punch you in the mouth as hard as I can to express myself. Punch a Nazi. Punch a Nazi. Hey, yeah. look, if there's, a, if there's a Nazi in this room, I want you guys to punch him right now. <laughs> and and I, oh, let, well. the record, let the record state there is no punching going on in this room. Well, hold on. You disagree with me, right? Yeah. Oh, you're a Nazi. Come on. Come here. Come on. All right, get out of here. That's, that's a silly, that's a Looney Tunes argument. All right? No, 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 no. no. That, but that's... That's what I'm arguing against, right? I'm being facetious. That, that everyone you disagree with is a Nazi and you have the right to punch them. Therefore, <sighs> I can go destroy property because it's, it's like self-defense or it's my expression. The, the, the problem then becomes if you think it's okay to destroy property or cause harm to people or to, to our culture or society because it's your expression, okay, then how about I express myself on you and do the same thing to you and shut you down violently? It's I- not speech at that point. It's just fighting. I think uh, I think Maddox's point there was that, uh, as in with Shia LaBeouf, uh, it's part of an artistic expression. So like punching somebody or starting a fire in certain instances is an artistic expression. So it falls under the category of free speech. Well, punching. Yeah. Punching someone can absolutely be a form of expression. Well, yeah, but it's I mean, first of all, it's like there's it's things are black and white right there's a gradient so there is an argument there is a way to explain my punching you is me expressing myself and expression is free speech but the line i draw is if free speech is violence is allowed then we're not speaking anymore we are just hitting each other okay tim uh that's a real crap argument and i'll tell you why mma mixed martial arts fighting we are literally watching two people punch each other Mm -hmm. and that's legally allowed that's their form of expression yes that's their form of communicating 
whatever it is they want to do. And in this case, it's a performance. So they are punching each other in the face until one of them gets knocked out. And they're allowed to. In agreement with each other, following rules where they're both being paid significantly there and there are rules right okay so it's it's a mutual exchange of of an art in this instance it's different when i go into your community and say your polit- politics your capitalism is it's bad therefore i'm going to express myself by destroying what allows you to live comfortably what uh, what specifically are you referring to when you smash up a, a restaurant when you right. smash the windows when you destroy property right. when you when you set fire to, to property and you take away someone else's rights you are crossing the line. You are no longer speaking. You are fighting. All right. I would agree with that. I would see you do that point. But we're talking <clears throat> specifically with the Berkeley protests. Mm-hmm. This is public property. No, it's, it's a university, right? Before we jump yeah, back into that, I just yeah, wanted to weigh in on the Shia LaBeouf thing a little bit. Acting like a shithead and upsetting others and then saying it was artistic expression after is basically the equivalent to causing wreckage and then saying, haha, just kidding, guys. It's a cop-out. Oh, it's the equivalent of watching a movie, and at the end, it turns out they were dreaming the whole time. Yeah, exactly. It's a total cop-out. Yeah. I think it's bullshit. Yeah, I, I think that uh, people hide behind those type of excuses and arguments far too often these days, especially trolling. It's a, when, pr- it's a prank, bro. Yeah, it's a prank, bro. Or Essentially, yeah. Social okay. experiment. Social experiment. Social experiment. Mm-hmm. But here's a really good example, right? If you, do you know who Weave is, Andrew Arnheimer? No. He is one of the original trolls. If you ever heard the saying, the internet is serious business. He's, yeah. He came up with, he's credited with coming up with it. And he, he's, so he's a white nationalist. He goes on, he says all these things. And people say, he's just trolling you. He's just trolling you. He's trying to rile you up. And he's got a giant swastika tattooed on his chest, right? Does yeah, he, he really? Yes, he does. Okay. okay I, I know the guy, right? He is a white nationalist. And when you have a giant swastika on your chest, you're not just trolling people. You actually have committed your body to that idea. Right. right? So you said, uh, is his public property? Maddox? Yeah. So where the protest, the the vandalism, you're saying it was public property, as in the college campus? Well, there is some stuff that was destroyed that was definitely not. I think some businesses were... were um, what, what is that? So what's your argument about uh, is violence free speech because it was on public property? Well, say, say you have a White House that is so corrupt, that is so out of control, that is abridging people's rights and violating the laws of the land, and is corrupt as hell. That White House is taxpayer-funded and is public property. And as a form of protest, if enough citizens decide that enough is enough, we've had it, we're going we're gonna to stand up against this corrupt, tyrannical government, and we're going to do something about it, and they start dismantling that White House brick by brick. So that's literally them overthrowing the government. That's not an expression. That's action. Well, say it's not the government. Say it's a monument that represents the government. Say it's a flag. Say it's a flagpole. Say it's a, the the Washington Monument. They just dismantle that or whatever it is that they want to take symbolically and say, fuck this government and everything it stands for. And that really comes under the big umbrella of flag burning. If you want to protest the U.S. government, some would argue that the ultimate form of expression is to take that flag and burn it. Well, typically but you own the flag. Yeah, typically you bought the flag or found it somewhere. You didn't just take it from someone else's uh, lawn. I, I would, I would say that, like I said before, there is a way to argue that expression is expression and sometimes violence is expression, but it's something of an entirely different genre, I suppose. If I am taking away something from someone else through force or intimidation. It's, you know, when it comes to smashing windows, like in the Berkeley instance, starting fires and shutting down Milo's event. Yeah. You know, people say, oh, they didn't violate his free speech because the government didn't do it. I'm like, no, 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 no. They didn't violate the First Amendment. They violated his free speech because he has a right. I believe that all humans have a right to share their ideas without fear of bodily harm. 
Hmm, when you when you engage in violence, de- property destruction, or I, I'll, I'll define it because people get crazy. When you in, when you have the intention and take action to cause physical harm to someone or something, that is no longer you expressing yourself. That is you taking action to enact your ideas. Well, so a long time ago, I forget who this quote came from, but uh, we had a guest on the show, Michael Malice, a good friend of mine and an author, really smart dude. And he mentioned this quote where he said that coerced speech is not free speech. Okay. And you touched on something earlier about intimidation. And you said that violence can sometimes cause intimidation. Now, if violence intimidates people into shutting up and therefore not expressing their free speech, I think some would argue that that's a bad thing and that inhibits free speech, right? Mm-hmm. But it's trivial to show that physical violence isn't the only way to intimidate people. Psychological torment and agony is a real thing. And if you terrorize someone enough, even without laying a finger on them, and make them scared to express themselves and intimidate them, then isn't that also a violation of free speech? You're still inflicting harm. Well, of course. You're still inflicting harm. And in that case, I would say, I would agree with you there. I would say that is an act of violence. No, okay, I just, now, I, but now, now change the now, definition. Now we're getting into a yeah. debate here. Now yeah. I want to talk about this because what is violence? Some people on the left would argue that psychological torment is violence. And Absolutely. I think, Tim, before the show started, Tim and I were, were talking and you were saying that some people on the left would argue that taking away health care from people. Wrong! That was me, yeah. <laughs> some people taking health care. Okay, why do you disagree with that? Some people would say because, that that's look, look, violence look. as well. We... This is what I tell people. The dictionary doesn't define words. It tells us what the most common understanding of that word is. Okay? Most people understand the word violence to mean the the direct use of physical force to harm someone or something. Okay? It specifically refers to me getting up and punching a wall, punching you in the face, or smashing something. If a politician enacts a policy that removes healthcare, that's not a direct physical action. You could argue that it's harmful that their action is malicious or harmful or could cause damage to our, you know, our culture. Not to mention that there are physical aftershocks that would occur sure. if something like but that the, were to happen. But the actual policymaking or idea sharing, like, you know, to, for people to say that Milo, it, you know, the things he says are violent because it, it, it challenges the rights of others. I'm like, no, 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 no. You're thinking of something else. Use a different word. It's fine if you don't like it. It's fine if you want to stop it. Just don't call it violence because you're confusing the hell out of half the people in this country. Yeah, it's more contrarian than anything. Mm. Well, okay, so now we're getting into some interesting territory because you're saying that it's only violence if it's physical. According to the dictionary. Okay, well, you know, the dictionary sometimes is lagging behind culture. And words change all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, A Democrat from today is different from a Democrat from 20 years ago. And the same thing with a conservative. The parties shift over time. In fact, the Democrats, the liberals in this country, used to be the party of the Ku Klux Klan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, yeah. they were, the, and they've kind of just swapped at this point, where the Ku Klux Klan is is more aligning themselves with conservatives in this day and age. Like uh, Matt, Maddox from twenty years ago used to be a total badass. Now he's he's making the argument that that words are violence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shithead. Because it's the other side of the debate that you I'm are arguing. Everything <laughs> you. Hey, you are BuzzFeed, you are MTV News, you are Huffington Post, you are 
an SJW third wave feminist. That's, you forgot. That's, you forgot to add Nazi. Feminazi, cuck, beta male. Oh gosh. <laughs> you know this is so fucking stupid. Uh, this false equivalency. Now here's the thing. All right, I'm I'm arguing the side of the debate here, but this is an important point that you're glossing over with with your ad hominem attack that you did there, which is what is violence and what constitutes as an intimidation of free speech. Now, Tim, I think you would argue that if somebody came by your house and said, look, I disagree with Tim Poole, and they took a baseball bat to your mailbox, that's violence to your personal property. Mm-hmm. They haven't hurt you personally. They've done nothing to you personally. Yes, they have. No. Do you mean my fi- you, nothing to my physical body? Nothing to your physical body. But but they've dramatically affected my personal life. Yeah, yes. and the one... Dramatically? Well, one might... people still use mailboxes. One well, might... The, the fact that someone knows where I live, comes to where I live, and decides to cause physical destruction, that's that's causing a lot of coercive effects to the people around me. It's going to get me kicked out of my, it could potentially get me kicked out of my home when my neighbors say, why are people coming and destroying property in my neighborhood? You're lowering our property value. You're scaring our kids. You need to move. And then everyone in the neighborhood says like, leave, leave, leave. Or I have to realize that people have found out where I live and this might be the start of things. What if it's just someone you know and they just come by your house? So it's not some weird, crazed stalker. It's just someone who you know, you know, who comes by your your place and uh, maybe doesn't even doesn't even destroy anything, but just maybe vandalizes it a little bit. Maybe toilet papers your house, is something gonna, like that. Is it going to cost me money to clean it up? Yeah, a little bit of your time. The point is, if you don't, they're they're trespassing on your property by covering your house in toilet paper. It might not hurt you as much as if they swung a bat at you, but they they are. T- fucking with your property and one might say that without property rights you can't live but it's all i think we're also talking about like scale right right i mean look there's still the risk that this person will then dox me and be like i know where tim lives i hate him i smashed his, his you know his shit up and boom here's his address have fun everybody right. there, there's that risk you know what i mean if, if there's somebody who i know that hates me that much and they know where i live i'm at risk if they're vandalizing spray painting breaking a window breaking a mailbox i've got to take time out of my life I've got to take my my, you know, the things that I invest in time and money, producing content, producing news, storytelling, traveling and, and, and doing things that I think are important. I take that away to deal with personal matters because someone has directly impacted my ability to do the things I want to do. OK, that's that's not fair speech. enough. Fair enough. Look, yeah. I'll, I'll see you that point. If someone is is destroying your personal property, that is definitely violence that is intimidating you and coercing you against speaking your mind. Oh, God. I mean, I know people who have quit social media, right? And I don't necessarily agree with this, but I know people who have said the 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 amount of death threats that I'm receiving. Yeah. Being doxxed, sharing of my address. Okay. Well, pe- now, yeah. People have pulled off of social media. Absolutely. A lot of social media networks have terms of services where if you're doing that kind of shit, it's against their terms of service because you're intimidating. You're intimidating someone and mm-hmm. coercing them into staying quiet yep. and not talking. And not sharing ta- their opinions. And you're try- trying to take sharing- away free speech. Okay, so you're now you're now we've come full circle because now you're making the argument from the left, which is speech can sometimes intimidate and coerce other people oh, oh, oh. to not speak their minds. I, I never said it couldn't. Well, okay, then, then, then here the we go. We've come the full debate, circle. The topic no, 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 of the debate no. is is violence free speech? Is violence free speech? Okay, because the the whole conceit of this argument that violence is wrong and violence is bad uh-huh. because violence can intimidate people into not speaking their minds, right? And 
But we've Whoa. come full circle. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, you're, you're putting the pieces together in a way that you're putting these pieces together. Okay? Yeah, a smart way. No, 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 no. Yeah, typical Maddox no, 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 solving no. the puzzle. What? Yes. <laughs> I, I think the big problem is yeah. that my ultimate argument is semantic. It's the idea that violence, the taking direct physical action to stop something from occurring. Right? Here, look, listen. If somebody, I, I, I get death threats. I, I get them, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, get, I get people posting on Facebook tagging me about... Right. Like, not even posting on my wall or anything. They just literally tag me saying, like, we're going to steal your stuff. We're going to break your stuff so that I get a notification. Sure. That's not violence. And you know what? I can choose to ignore that or I can choose to take security measures. It's just information. Okay. It's right. different. No, no, no. It's different if they actually come and smash my camera. That's physical. That's, that, that's actual violence. Tim, okay. You just said that you just seeded the point that you've had friends who have signed off of social networks. By choice. By, of course it's choice. It's always choice. It's not a choice. No, 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 no. It's not a choice if my camera is smacked out of my hand and shattered on the ground. Okay, that's true. That's a more extreme version of it. But again, back this to the line. psychological anguish, right? If you intimidate someone with threats, yep. even though you haven't acted on them, those threats can inhibit their free speech. Absolutely. So that's why people would argue on the left that it's important to shut down people who are espousing violent hateful that's, intimidating that's ideology not what, that's not what they're saying though that they're, is what they're, they're not, saying they're not saying that milo is threatening them they're just saying no, him, no they are he's, they are he, saying that they're yeah. saying he's ear raping them with his no dangerous no ideas. They're, they're saying that violence uh that that milo what he says is literal violence and that they're defending themselves right so they're saying his words are violent Think about this. They're, they're not they're not saying that he's pointing and threatening to go hurt them physically he's no, look look okay go ahead look i am talking about the physical confrontation the physical action that will physically take away your choice that's authoritarianism violence is when you come to someone and you say our ideas my ideas don't work so i'm going to destroy what you have to inhibit your ability to do anything telling someone i'm going to destroy your stuff could piss them off it could scare them and it might work uh and and honestly that's you know to a certain degree i, w- I would flat say that's not free speech at all but there's oh. a difference between violence And there's a difference between threats. Okay, well, let's stop looking at the semantics of it, okay? Because we all know what violence is. We don't have to pretend like we're, you know, defining Mm -hmm. these words and these terms. And let's look at the end result. The end result here, if you commit violence against someone's property or their physical being, is that you shut down their free speech. That is the end result, is you shut down someone else's free speech. And whether that mechanism that gets you there is violence or verbal intimidation, or some other form of expression that intimidates someone into shutting up and staying quiet and taking away their rights. Makes no difference. Wrong! You're wrong. You know what, Tim? You're wrong. Here, I'll buzz you too. Okay. Um, you're, 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 you're going too far with it, right? I see what you're saying. I understand. But if I threaten you, you still have the choice to realize that people are going to come for you. Uh-huh. It's Look. If I take your computer right now and crack it in half, you don't have a choice. You're done. You have no computer. The show is over. If I tell you, shut up or I'll smash your computer, you can say, go fuck yourself. Okay. Well, you're well, making a lot of assumptions here. Let's, let's, well, for, 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 for the sake of this debate, how about if we put threats and violence under one category, which is violence? We'll call it something else. No, well, let's call it violence. Violence. I personally think <laughs> threatening to hurt somebody is violence. In, it, it is criminal. It is violent. Saying I'm gonna come hurt you. Yeah, is, it's not free speech. It's violent. It's not the same as saying I believe that there's no wage gap, for instance, which is what the protesters are saying is violence, and they're they're wrong. So, well, for the, the the debate here is 
is violence a form of free expression, free speech? So I'm saying let's put violence and threats of violence in one category and just just speech, the expression of ideas in another category. Okay. Yeah, okay. like the issue here, sorry to jump in on you like that, but the issue here is that we are currently going into semantic circles about what is violence versus what is exactly. intimidation, but we're not actually discussing is violence free speech, which is the topic of the right. debate. Because, but so we're losing track here. No, this is what happens all the time. The left, particularly the hard left, like uh, the group at Berkeley is known as Antifa, means anti-fascist. They believe that violence, what the, you know, that violence is, you know, speech, right? And that Milo is being violent by speaking and it's interchangeable. They've changed the definition of the word. The word lit has a literal definition that we understand it. And so what happens is they start saying things. I see this on Facebook all the time. Well, you, you can't commit violence against property. Violence is only, you know, applicable to people. And speech is also violence towards people. And then what happens is the conservatives go on the right, hear someone say violence is okay. And they think the literal definition of violence of physically causing destruction to someone or something. And they say, that's not okay. They're literally arguing two different points because they've defined the word differently. Which is exactly what we're doing here. But well, that's why I keep saying like violence is defined. It, it means something. Well, what's ironic, Tim, is in that sentence, that very sentence that you just said, you said literally they're defining. The word literal has been redefined. Oh, I know. Li literally, <laughs> literally no longer means literally. It, it means, also means figuratively. Exactly. Yeah, yes. And then also so, you also but I do said mean that, literally. But you, you also said that a definition is the generally accepted understanding of right. the word. So where do you draw the line? Okay. So what does the average person take to mean it? Uh, uh, to take to believe a word to mean what even is average we could go full meta on this and right. well, because so arbitrary. it's because most people don't like the fact that protesters destroy property and start fires or I'd say rioters yeah, to like stop a public speech from happening well yeah, totally uh, i, I want to get it. some i want to get some uh some point of view from rucka here because mm -hmm. rucka earlier you you said for the sake of argument Mm -hmm. Let's lump in intimidation along with violence. Do you truly believe that? Or are you saying that? For yeah, the sake no, of I mean, a cre making a credible threat. And I don't just mean leaving a YouTube comment like, hey, I'm going to kick your ass. You right. piece of shit. A, re a credible threat. Like, like tagging somebody on Facebook and saying, let's go mess with his property or let's go hurt him. That it to me is violence that can you can be arrested sure. for that, in my opinion. Sure. You should be. Um, and so you can. And also for, for the actual um, mm -hmm. verbal threats, too. You can get so, arrested for that. As well. I mean, if it's a credible threat, it's a credible and it's, threat. It's clearly yeah. serious. Right. Um. Or, or telling someone, hey, go hurt that guy. Preaching uh, to say that, that it is upon you. It, you. You ought to go out and commit acts of terror. That, sure. to me, is also terrorism. All right. Uh, the, so when people are burning down the university campus uh, to protest a speaker they don't like, is that free speech? That's the debate, right? Yes. So that's the debate. So let's just put violence and... Threats of violence. Let's just forget see, for a minute. Okay, okay. So okay. it's not about our threats of violence. Violence. Let's just, let's just assume they are or aren't. But the but the uh, but the, but the debate is is the violence itself. Is literal a new violence word for it. I mean, literal violence, like starting something on fire, hitting people. Uh, okay. Is that a legitimate okay. form of free let, let, speech? Let's call it attacking people. Well, how about super yeah. violence? Super violence. Yeah, <laughs> that because, includes because oh, you oh, have oh, it's oh, the oh, superset oh, of violence and intimidation. Super violence. All right. Let's just say super violence. We all we all agree that super violence is bad. Right. All right. You you Tim you specifically think that violence is bad and oh, intimidation yes. is kind of cool. No 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 <laughs> no. Let, it, not let at the record all. say Tim pulls no. that intimidation is cool. Yes, I, I like to <laughs> cause people great harm, a fear for their lives that can run when they see me. I mean, I will say no, that intimidation is bad. I love ruling with like if I if I got any power, I'd rule with an iron. You fist. have would, you have crowns in your house. 
for you to that's wear. You fist yourself with an iron fist. You know, fuck you, David. <laughs> all right. So anyway, super uh, all joking aside, so su- so let's call it super violence. And we're saying that everyone agrees that super violence is bad. Yes. Yes. All right. But now, you, but you don't. You're about to make the case. You're that, about to, you, that super violence is a legitimate form of free speech. No, I, I'm saying that. Oh, uh, that uh, that. Okay, that violence, yeah, super violence is a legitimate form of free speech. Right, that's the debate. Super violence. I guess. You gave it the worst Listen, possible b- by name. By the way, by the way, just a, a side note here, the more societies, uh, the more society loses its grasp on the meaning of words, the more we just throw the meaning of words out the window, and then we act so shocked when the new president, president's uh, representative says, well, he, he used alternate facts. He, 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 I have the best words. And, and, and we act so freaked out that, that that's what our government is. Our government just represents how stupid we've become. But yeah, so super violence, according to you, Maddox, for the sake of this debate, super violence is a legitimate form of expression. Go. Yes, well, okay. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, well, if we're just talking about the definition of words here, okay, and you're going to say that intimidation is okay, but... Physical violence is not. You can't because now we have this new concept of super violence. You can't have one without the other because they're both lumped under that umbrella. I don't think intimidation is okay. I think, you know, we we know this. We agree with this. We have a Supreme Court ruling on this. Yelling fire in a theater is not free speech. Correct. You know, yes. Telling someone go go burn his house down, go beat him, go beat him up is not free speech. Right. Uh, telling someone I am going to hunt you down and do your hair is not even free speech, right? As light as it sounds. As as long as it's non-consensual, then yes. Exactly. Exactly. So that that's not violence. Don't confuse well, well, don't confuse Maddox by talking about hair. But it is hair. super violence. <laughs> it, it is super violence as per the as the it word is, is defined. It is super by- violence. Okay, okay. So, but t- Tim, now here's the thing: you're you are literally drawing a distinction between violence and super violence literally here. Literally or figuratively. <laughs> super <laughs> violence. You are literally figuratively. Okay. So what Rucka was saying is for the for the for the sake of this debate and this argument, mm-hmm. right? If we're gonna say that super violence is bad and super violence as defined. By physical violence and the threat of intimidation. Is that free speech? You cannot. Well, you're saying that intimidation. Is not free speech. Is not. You're saying it's not free speech? I just said it wasn't. Okay, then then you. I've been arguing the whole time that violence is not free speech. That's the point of the debate. Okay. And that threatening someone isn't violence, but it is also not free speech. Okay. Well, let's get back to the intimidation. We're we're Looney Tunes. We're Bugs Bunnying each other here. Okay, Maddox. I got it. Let's see where you're going now. So the protesters who are opposed to Milo Yiannopoulos are saying they're opposed to him because he says some ideas that are potentially going to shut down theirs. Mm-hmm. Now, you just agreed that intimidation is not free speech. Here's some of the things that Milo has said that okay. may intimidate people. This is according to CNN, an interview he did with them. He mm-hmm. says, I just want to burn it down, Yiannopoulos said in an interview last month with CNN. I'm speaking on college campuses because education is really what matters. It's a crucible where these bad ideas are formed. Bad ideas like progressive social justice, feminists, Black Lives Matter, that I think is so cancerous and toxic to free expression. So he's saying that these concepts, mm-hmm. some would say these concepts themselves are free expression, but he's not. He's drawing a distinction between oh, feminists, what, bad ideas? social justice, uh, progressive social justice and Black Lives Matter. He's saying that's not free expression. He says wait, wait, that they it, are. It says that. He says I think they are, it is so cancerous and toxic to free expression. Well, he didn't say it wasn't free expression. He just said it was cancerous and toxic to free. Well, expression. What is cancer? I mean, come on, are we splitting hairs here? Cancer kills you. Yes. Yeah, so he's saying it. It is bad for free expression. He didn't say it wasn't free expression, right? 
Okay. Look, 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 right, we're look, splitting look. hairs here. It, 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 we're talking about a credible threat. Is that free speech? No. If Milo said tomorrow at 7 p.m. I am going to do X, Y, and Z to this campus. Okay, that's not free speech. When he says things like, you know, I just want to burn it down. We know that he's not seriously suggesting he wants to burn a school down. We know that he's expressing. Well, you and I know that because we're intelligent. But some of his idiot followers may not. That, that, sure, sure. But there's a difference between him saying, hey, guys, go burn this down. And I just want to burn it down. Right? There's, uh, there, look, dude, look. I mean, yeah, of course. Uh, look, of course. Look, look, look. There's, we know things aren't black and white. And, and we talked about this a little bit before the show that we need to, we need to understand. We need to take a lot of cases uh, as an individual case and not as a blanket. Right? We, we don't want to just say, you know what? Uh, Milo said something that could be construed one way. And we're not going to even look at the context or analyze what he was actually trying to do. Let's just shut him down. Is he actually inciting violence or is he offering people ideas that are contrary to what they're comfortable with? The latter. There's really a yeah, question well, here. He's condemning violence, yeah. right? And, you know, a lot of what he complains about with these with the groups that you mentioned is he complains about the violence within those groups and how they're cancerous to free speech. And then look what happens. A bunch of people come and shut down his speaking event with violence, with violence. Well, OK, um, let's let's get back to the 90s. For a minute, all right. And back in the '90s, it was much less acceptable to be out of the closet. People, there were a lot of people who still had homophobic tendencies. Uh, people were afraid of homosexuality and homosexuals, and they were literally fearful of it. I grew up in a conservative state of Utah, and I, even I, growing up, was afraid of homosexuality because I didn't know anything about it. This was just the culture and the climate that I I was raised in. But what my views were were never hateful. It was just a place of ignorance and fear. But there were people who were hateful. There were people who were espousing hateful ideologies against homosexuals that sometimes manifested themselves in lynchings and beatings and assault and murder because people were gay. Mm -hmm. Now, I think these protesters, they're not so dumb as to suggest that speech is literal physical violence. But I think what their goal here at the end of the day is, is to prevent that kind of violence from existing and from occurring and from from gaining momentum. Because once you let that cat out of the bag, it's really hard to put it back in and it's going to cause a lot more violence down the line. So maybe these violent protests now that are destroying property are good because ultimately they'll stop violence. It will stop greater violence down the line. So the idea is let's have violence now so we don't have violence later. Yeah, yeah let's let's Yo, kill great, baby Hitler great. because there's not another baby Hitler mm-hmm. let's, just let's, waiting to pop out. Look, you know what? You know what also helped change the minds of people to accept the LGBT community? The right to speak openly, the right for these people to have protections from our government, from violence, the right for, you know, uh, which which people are you talking about? Will and Grace. No, no. no I, you're uh, saying uh, the right for these people to speak their mind freely. Who, who are you talking about? The gay people or the people the LGBT who are, community? Oh, OK. They, they got to come out. And say, even though there was society did not accept it, the government, right? And this is why, and, and this is more of a, free, a First Amendment issue. The government guarantees the right to speech. The ACLU defended the KKK on numerous occasions for their right to speak. Yeah. Yes, these ideas could lead to violence, right? And the, the idea is, is this how I, how I see it? Let the Nazis speak. Because then you realize how awful they are. You don't want these people lurking in the shadows, doing things in secret and being scared to express their real ideas, because then all they'll do is say, people don't like me. I better run uh, on, on, for a political platform based on a different issue. And then once I get elected, then tell everyone I'm a, I'm a Nazi, right? OK, uh, you know, I, I buy that to an extent. 
don't don't shut down Milo. Let Milo says what he says. Oh well, yeah. Then, I'm, I'm not arguing we should shut down Milo. Right, right. But look, look. Yeah. Twitter Twitter banned him, yeah. and I think that was a mistake. Absolutely, because people don't like you know. There, of course, there are people who like him. You know, there are trolls, there are conservatives who are cheering him on, and they have every right to. Milo is actually condemning violence, right? But shutting him down, all that did was make his voice louder. It, uh, to an extent. It, oh, it got him off Twitter. It, but, there's the and bar- it got him into the headlines. There is the, got, exactly. There is the Barbara Streisand effect yes. going on. And for those who don't know, I've, I've kind of mentioned this in the past, but the Barbara Streisand effect, essentially a long time ago, there was a photographer who was taking pictures of the coast of Malibu to put into a photo book. And when it came to Barbara Streisand's house, her lawyer sent off a cease and desist and told him to not publish that in his book. So he went public with it and said, hey, guys, I'm trying to do this coast of uh, California and I can't do this part of Malibu because her house is in this picture. So people that, you know, a bunch of trolls out of spite took her photo of her house and spread it as widely as possible. So her effort to inhibit his free speech and, and to publish this in a book spread it much further than he ever would have on his own. But it's not even the trolls. It's the... It's the what? Who buzzed what? me? What? I did, but you can finish your point. Oh, okay. no, it's, it's curiosity. Milo Yiannopoulos. I, you know, going back to... You talked about Richard Spencer before, right? Richard yeah. Spencer got punched because people said he was a Nazi. Right. And I... No one knew who he was. That's not, tr- that's not true. He was making headlines because he was holding rallies, Sieg Heiling people. He actually wasn't. If you yeah, watch this, no, he didn't. How, I'll bet you $100 right now he did not Sieg Heiling. Oh, he right. didn't. Oh, I'm sorry. He's a fucking follower. His neo Nazi sure, crowd. Sure, 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 sure. Right. But, but uh, he did say, Hail Trump. Sure. Hail, absolutely. Hail absolutely. Pepe. He said, he said, Hail Trump. Hail victory. Look, the guy is a white nationalist, right? Yeah. He believes in like the white ethnos. I'm not saying he's a good guy. I, don't, I hate his pot. I think he's nuts, right? I'm a mixed race person. I don't like what he's talking about. That's not the point. The point was he had, uh, you know, 34,000 followers. He coined the term alt-right. He's got some influence. And then someone hit him because they think violence is justified because they're defending themselves against his rhetoric. And all it did was make him the number one worldwide trend on Twitter and Facebook. Congratulations. You tried to silence him. You made his voice louder. And I've got a personal story about this. During Occupy Wall Street, it was New Year's 2012. There were a bunch of, you know, black block, anti-fascist, anti-capitalists who didn't like me because I was an individual but didn't take their side. And so they wanted to shut me down. So on the streets of New York, this this happened. They walked up to me and they hit me, knocking my phone from my hand. And so the guy who hit me, I grab his arm and I'm thinking, what can I do? He just hit me. I can't hit him back. So I just grabbed him and held him. After that happened, the cops came in, pulled him out. And the people who were trying to shut me down, you know what they succeeded in doing? Getting every single journalist on the street that night, maybe 12, to turn their cameras and microphones to my face and say, tell us what's happening. And the next day, MSNBC had me come on and speak about the violence of these protesters. Hmm. That's, 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 that's what you succeed. When you get violent, you succeed in making your opposition louder. It doesn't work the way you think it will. And <clears throat> more to the point, it is not free expression. I was going to okay. say real quick, I was going to say, yeah, if you want to oppose a view that is contrary to your own, don't go in and commit acts of violence. That's going to strengthen it. Like you were saying, mm-hmm. if you want to properly oppose a view that conflicts with your own, stand up and share about it. Actually talk about it. Bring up facts that oppose it and get people thinking. Well, speaking of uh, Rucka, you buzz. So, Let's okay, hear your so this is yeah. this is becoming another. Is it okay to punch a Nazi? But let me take us back to uh, the debate. So Maddox, you just said that violence in some cases is justified to come to combat ideas that may lead to incredible violence. Whether or not that's true, you are, however, talking about violence. The question is: Is violence free speech? Yeah. 
And that's not what you so you did not address that. You just said the violence is justified in some cases, but you didn't say is violence free speech. Well, I've given examples of how violence is definitely free speech, when? like in mixed martial arts. Okay, but when it comes to protesting, well, when it comes to protesting, uh, yeah, if you burn a flag, that's absolutely free. Can speech. I jump in there for a second? Yeah. Violence we defined earlier, not super violence, but violence as inflicting bodily harm. To, on others. No, no, no. No, 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 including no, no. property. property. Vandalizing Inclu- property. Okay, but yeah. in terms of mixed martial arts, there is a difference between hurt and harm. They are hurting each other. They're fucking each other up, but they both know going into this that they are going to be treated by medical teams and there's no permanent harm that's going to be caused. I, well, wait, I think we have a I think we have a problem here everybody. Okay. I think the reality is uh we're actually thinking of is violence free speech in two different ways. <clears throat> right? I'm going to I'm just going to I'm just going to ruin the debate right here and say Mixed martial arts is violence, and it is free expression. You're absolutely right. Uh, uh, I think my perspective when I approach this is we're talking about Berkeley. We're talking about non-consensual violence. Agreed. So now we're now it's actually not that we're actually debating an issue. We're debating being consensual with your your violent partner, right? Yeah. It's it's an issue of Giggity. is is okay. So I guess the debate is is non-consensual violence free speech? Is <laughs> non-consensual <laughs> violence free speech? Uh, interesting. We will consider that point, but first we'll consider the point that I'm always going up against everyone in the universe. Guys, today's episode is brought to you by our own bonus episode. Tim, it's called Maddox vs. the Universe. It's my first ever bonus episode on the Madcast Media Network. And Rucka's on it, our friend Jesse from Pot Awful, the old audio engineer Sean is on it, and it's an incredible episode. We decided to do this show. Yeah. Basically, it's uh, it's kind of a superset of this show you could say it's super violence committed against me yeah from a bunch of jokers let's put it this way if speech is not violence it comes as close as it could possibly get (laughs) on on this bonus episode trust me on this it's a lot of fun uh this is one of the best episodes i think we've ever recorded rucka and i have both listened to this episode from start to finish at least five or six times i have personally you at least five or six times Yeah. So in this episode, I've, li- I've listened to it. Yeah. I, it in this episode, because I haven't heard it yet, um, are, is it basically just everybody shitting on you? Yeah. yeah. I will pay any amount of money to hear that. <laughs> well, the good news is you. The only amount of money you have to pay is Every, well for nine. for David everything he's got, but for yeah. the rest of the people, for everyone so like else, two bucks. <laughs> it's two bucks. Close. It's two ninety nine. Actually, I think it's like Fuck. three bucks. It's three bucks on iTunes and Amazon mm. and our own website. And on, on our website, we're doing something new. We're, we're selling credits that you can purchase, and then you can use those credits on bonus episodes for Madcast Media-related shows. What and, are the and credits properties. called? They're credits. They're called Matt. I think, I don't know. You maybe call even, them bitch coin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, David, maybe if you're on the network, you know, if you play your cards right, we'll make a specific currency for you and I your show called bitch coins. Yeah, your own currency, bitch I'm coins. I'm okay with this. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> but anyway, you'll be able to purchase credits and then and then... Use those on any shows you want. And also, we're coming out with a soundboard. Now, Tim, before the show started, I introduced him to the soundboard. And David, this is the first time you've been in studio. You've also seen the soundboard. It's really cool. It's really cool stuff. The coolest. So basically, what we've developed is the soundboard that we can use on Madcast Media. And the way it works is that you, you can pull it up on any device in the world, anywhere in the world, and play sound effects here in the studio. And when I told David, I said, hey, man. Pull this up in a browser, and he said, "Well, I don't have a cable to connect it into your your audio interface. How am yeah. I going to play the sound from my from my phone in your studio?" And I said, "Buddy, don't worry about it. We've got that figured out. You can play sound effects from your phone, your tablet, anywhere in the world 
right here in the Madcast Media Studios. And when you buy these credits for these bonus episodes, at some point down the line, we're going to make different soundboards available for you, especially if you're a podcaster, if you want to even goof on your friends, play pranks, have sound effects play on their cell phones and their computers at home, anything you want. But anyway, it's all part of the credits that you purchase. This is the first ever bonus episode. The countdown timers on the website. It's an incredible listen. If you guys have any voicemail you want to leave specifically for future voicemail episodes, call in and make a note of that. We'll play it on a future bonus episode, possibly if it doesn't suck shit. But anyway, guys, check it out, madcastmedia.com. It's also available on iTunes and Amazon. Really helps support the show. Thank you to all the listeners who've checked it out. I yeah. think I think I won. I think it's uh, Maddox vs. the Universe. I think I won. But anyway, moving on back to the debate. Tim, you were making a point. Violence that is non-consensual is the problem. All right. Now I'm I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make an argument, just for the sake of argument. But why do you draw that line with violence and not super violence? And by super violence, I mean the subset of violence and intimidation. Because to speak to somebody, it doesn't have to be consensual. No, if, no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. I do not think threatening people is justified, justifiable, or free speech. Right. Okay. So so but then but then you get into this wishy washy area. Of who decides what is threatening. Just like we guys, we had a huge long debate. Oh, is Richard Spencer a Nazi? Is he inciting violence? Isn't he? Well, that's not clearly defined. Because we, not everything is clearly defined, right? That's why we say someone is is uh, beyond a reasonable doubt. In well, who right? says beyond a reasonable doubt? I mean, who's... De- Rational. Who's- so if, if a reasonable person, reasonable person, right... So the, who is that? Who you can't even define a reasonable person because what's one, what's reasonable to you might not be reasonable to another person. Maddox, your entire uh, argument here is that words have no meaning and that you know you can't define anything, so that therefore anything goes and and nothing goes and like you're not actually all right. Uh, but there is an objective reality and there is such thing as violence. Objectively speaking, there is arson, there is assault, and there is an objectively observable threat or call to action, call to violence. And it's not the same as having ideas that could someday lead to a militia killing people. No, it's literally saying, let's hurt people. That's violence or call to violence, which is, in my mind, violence. Wait, wait. Okay. I think I'm having a breakthrough. I I swear to God, I came in here and we were talking about this idea and I said, there's no way in hell violence is free speech. I got to say, you've you've actually expanded my perspective on this. I think now we're coming to, uh, at least the way I see it is, my original perspective was when you say violence and free speech, we're talking about the Berkeley protests. Right. When we talk about threatening people and how that's not free speech, but it's literally someone talking, right? Right. You don't have a right to threaten people. Right. You don't have a right to commit an act of physical aggression against someone's person or property. Right. Neither of the, it's, it's about consent. It's about are people mm. okay with what's going on? Yeah. So in, 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 in this case, there are. You, I think you hit the nail on the head. MMA is a is violence. Yeah. Uh, both parties have the intent of causing physical harm to each other. Correct. And it is protected expression that we allow and it is legal. Right. Interesting. So actually, we've made some uh, some headway in this debate. Then I think what it really comes out, you know, earlier I was like, I was thinking like, did he trick me? Like, because because I'm thinking we're talking politics. Yeah. But I think when you step back and remove and, and look at the root of what violence is and what free expression is. You absolutely do find instances where violence can be free expression. Absolutely. The difference, the difference being against someone else without their consent to cause them to stop being able to do what they do ah, is where right. it becomes not free speech. Correct. Okay. So and then as well, you got to think about intention. Well, it's no, no, you intention. don't. No, you don't. 
No, you don't. Absolutely not. You are you you can intend to commit violence against someone and, and hurt them, and you can also say something hurtful to someone with the without the intent to hurt them. Well, no, what I or mean, you can accidentally run someone over. Right. Yeah, <laughs> no, what I mean is like you can you can throw down an MMA MMA fight, and both sides the intention is to have a fight, and that is it. But you can also, if your intention is straight, it's not vitriolic in nature. MMA fighting, there's sportsmanship, let consent aside. Whereas if you're committing violence against a person that you disagree with, that's that's spiteful. And that is a different type of violence that is completely is the opposite. I I, I think silly, silly, because you can you can talk a lot of smack right before an MMA battle. David, same thing in uh, in uh, professional wrestling. Yeah, but at the end of the day, you shake hands and it's all good. No, you don't have to shake hands. Well, you're if you're knocked the silly, fuck out. Silly. Didn't right. you see Knock the, you uh, the fuck out, David. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see you try, bitch. Yeah, I'll give you a big pile of bitch coins, too. <laughs> Trigger. Put a couple on your eyes right right before I bury you. Right How's before that? Is that you spec- massage my feet. Just- <laughs> <laughs> all right. you, know, you know what the real debate has been the whole time? What's that? Is the power of words and semantics, yeah. right? Because when you imply violence and free speech, we're thinking politics. We're thinking someone using violence against someone else. Right. Instead of actually thinking about what... And I, and here I am talking about what the word actually means, not even realizing I'm still thinking about it politically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, that's that's also right before the this debate when I was doing research, I, I was thinking of all these instances of actual violence that are protected free speech, even even non literal violence, like just the act of violence that you're seeing in a movie. You can go watch the, a saw movie and see people get sawed in half and have their guts exploded and all sorts of nasty acts of violence that are protected free speech. And also, you know what? I'm going to go a step further and say that, no, you don't even have to necessarily get consent always to express an idea of violence against somebody. Like, if you took someone and photoshopped their head into a guillotine, that's literally you taking them them and putting them into an act no, of no, violence. No, no, that's no, no, literally. Yeah, but, but that's but not actually harming That's yeah, figuratively. So you're, you're, you're not taking any <laughs> physical action to harm someone. Well, that, I, but I, that's intimidation. But but and like we said earlier, intimidation is not violence. That's super violence. Okay. Super violence. So, so no. So here's what I think. I think we've come to a conclusion. Uh, and I totally I love this because one thing that really frustrates me is how both political fact or all different political factions define words differently. We have created a new word: super violence. Super violence. Super violence is threatening someone, attacking them, in an effort to stop what they are doing. Right. Right. I love it. Uh, Rucka, I want to end on this one last point. Uh, yeah, you want to chime uh, so in? So the debate, or I, I think is the debate, or should have been the debate, or might be the debate, is is burning down the Berkeley campus to stop Milo from speaking. Is that a legitimate form of free speech or not? Is that- well, that is the debate, and I, th- I think we both made a case for whether or not violence is free speech or not. I think you, that, you've, yeah. you've, you've brought up a bunch of examples of instances where violence is a form of free speech, but like what, in this particular concrete example of people burning down Berkeley. Well, Rucka, earlier when, when you said that, uh, you know, we should just use common sense and there is an objective truth as to whether or not someone is about to commit violence, it absolutely is not. What is intimidating to one person may not be intimidating to another. Like, for example, I dated a girl a long time ago. No, you who, didn't. <laughs> you know what, David? What? I had a, just about enough of you. Uh, I, I dated a girl a long time ago who, when I got in my car, she also got in the car, and she looked at me sitting there twiddling around on my cell phone, and she, she just said, you're such a man. And I said, huh, thanks, babe. And she goes, no, no, I don't mean that as a compliment. I, I mean that in the sense that you are not afraid. You are not intimidated by our neighborhood. But... Because of her and who she was and her life experiences, she sat in the car terrified 
that someone might come up and open the door and assault her because she felt more vulnerable than I did. So if you have me and her on a jury and you say, Your Honor, this person, this act, this neighborhood, whatever it was, is intimidating to my client. Well, she would be more likely to agree with that, wouldn't she? Whereas me, being a big, sturdy badass with huge balls, I would sit back and say, Your Honor... (laughs) Nothing intimidates Everybody me, Everybody in the room is dumber for having heard that example. <laughs> Wrong. Okay, what? What do you want to say? You know, don't ding, David. I'm going to take away David's dinger. Okay, literally, <laughs> yeah. a group Have of fun with that. A group of people dressed in black burned down UC Berkeley, and we are debating, is that free expression or not? And you're talking about your girlfriend no, calling no, no, you no. a man, which no. obviously... I think well, Rucka, I, that was a direct rebuttal to your point that you made, and you don't have a rebuttal to that. Your rebuttal it is that nothing can be defined because violence is subjective. That's your argument. You're not actually speech. arguing. So anything and nothing is speech. And anything and nothing is violence. That's what you're no, saying. No, come on, dude. That's a fucking bullshit. That's what you're saying. Argument. You're that's saying not everyone saying. defines violence and intimidation no, differently. That's, that's where the problem arises. If we want to say, okay, Tim, back to your point, too. That if we want to say that intimidation is bad, we all agree intimidation is bad, we've come to a middle ground. This is an understanding. Actually, this might be one of the most fruitful debates we've ever had on the show because I think we have literally found a middle ground, which Mm -hmm. is we both agree that intimidation and violence both have the same end result. And we all agree on that. The only problem now that arises is what do we define as intimidation? Because the left says speech is intimidation. And some would say that the left, they have a much bigger intolerance for certain speech that may intimidate them than say some people on the right, and that's an argument that you could make. So much what do we then define? Well, you, some people would say that yeah. for sure. So what then do we define as intimidating speech? And then what do we define as super violence? Because it all comes down to this definition, and there is no objective definition when it comes to this stuff. But we, we, we should also clarify intimidation. I think we're talking about threatening people. Yeah. So it, it, it's is the threat credible? Is the real question? It's not. It's not about you know. You said before, some people are more intimidated than others in certain situations, and that's true. But if someone said, I am going to, you know, I don't know, rip your heart out of your chest, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, that doesn't mean anything, right? Is the is the threat credible? It, it's not going to intimidate me. I'm going to be like, that's a stupid thing. What are you going to Kali Ma, Indiana Jones me? But oh. someone else might be like, oh, my God, I'm terrified of this death threat I just received. My right? dad told me. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Rucka. I wasn't going to say anything. Oh. My dad told me a story a long time ago uh, when he was in the army. Uh, I think there, there was a dispute during in the mess hall between two soldiers at the time, and one of them said, I'm going to kill you, to the other one. And the guy got up, and uh, I think he punched him in the face and broke his jaw, and he got off because it, it was self-defense. Mm-hmm. But when my dad told me that story, I couldn't imagine the exact way and the scenario in which it was said. He just said, I'm going to kill you. Well, is that a credible threat? Clearly, the judge, after looking at the evidence decided that yes it was but if you read that on a piece of paper and say well this guy this subject a told subject b that he's going to kill him there's a lot of context that's missing when you just read that on a piece of paper as opposed to being there and hearing it and seeing it even then you know rucka as close as we can get to an objective threat of inciting violence there's a lot of gray area people can people can disagree milo said what what do you say i just want to burn it down yeah so that's, that's that's a real interesting challenge, right? Because yeah. I I definitely see what people if 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 you read that on paper, him saying I want to burn it down, 
it, it is different from I'm going to kill you. Correct. Because but it's a fine line. It's a, and well, I think yeah. Well, I think I think, I, I think it becomes a gray area. Yeah, I, I look at I'm going to burn it down and say what does it refer to? Right. Yeah. Is, is has Milo ever displayed a history of violence? Is the threat credible? And should we tell him, hey, don't say stuff like that? But, okay. but we get we, because get, people are stupid and they'll misinterpret it any way they want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to get but, I want to get Rucka's point of view real quick before we wrap this just, up. This is going just, a little bit I'll long. I'll just say the the this is probably beside the point. But the protesters were not setting the place on fire because Milo once used the phrase "I want to burn it down" and they took that as a threat. So they said, "Let's go start a fire" before he starts a fire. They were setting the place on fire because he says feminism is cancer. They set the place on fire because he supports Trump and because he's disagrees with black lives matter well okay i mean a lot of things there's a lot of things things that you know milo yiannopoulos is a is a controversial figure and i know that uh i I think he's generally a pretty smart guy and i agree with i agree with a lot of what he says not all of it but uh he says a lot of really smart and interesting things and he's got a good head on his shoulders but but wait, wait, Tim threw his hands up in the air. Why, Tim? I'm like, that's a great debate. That's a new debate idea for your show about Milo. Does Milo have good ideas? You could call it uh, <laughs> the Maddox versus Maddox uh, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so Raka, before we wrap up this debate, I want to talk specifically about your experiences because oh, you yeah. went to see Milo talk at a campus, yeah. and you were so, so tell I, us about I, that. I didn't what really happened? know who he was. I, like, I knew him from Twitter. I knew he's kind of he was kind of making noise. Uh, I didn't I wasn't really paying attention. I didn't know what SJW even was. Like, I, I was kind of out of the loop. And uh, my friend Kirk, remember, uh, good friend of the show, Kirk Wilcox. Kirk Wilcox was a, a guest uh, on the show. He, I think, he said, yeah. "Hey, I'm going to see Milo, uh, and I'm really just going to see the SJWs." protest and i was like yeah that sounds interesting i'm I'm always interested in you know going places hearing people speak having you know getting out of the house and doing something interesting so right. i went and yeah the, the the these kids these college kids they're dressed one of them was dressed up like an american indian well uh the girls were all uh into like freeing the nipple and all kinds of crazy shit holding up signs blocking the the doorway into the building and shit like that and it was just it was interesting. I don't know. Like uh, he, we ended up. Everyone ended up like running in through through the back of the building to get into the building, because uh, that was the only way to get in. So the 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 thing started two hours late, and then in the middle of the lecture, this girl stands up and and starts yelling, calling Milo a Nazi and a fascist, and uh, and Milo goes, you know, I, I wrote an article called How to Defeat Me, and it's so simple. You just have to lit stop protesting and just debate me. And the girl yells, "I don't want to beat you. I hate you." Like they're like they're fucking breaking the up. Exact or some point shit. that I was raising earlier. Yeah, but you're also picking an idiot in a in a mob to <laughs> as a representative of the. No, of the listen, opposition. I I have a soft spot for SJWs. I I don't I don't I'm I'm not I'm not even joking. Well, here's a question. So I I just want to ask this quick question, and then uh, play this uh, play this clip. Yeah. Do you think that the protesters were inhibiting Milo's free speech? Well, given the context, uh, I think the university, I realize it's it, the property boundaries are blurry when, when a place is publicly funded. And that kind of makes me question if there should be public property. But I know that's an entirely different, different episode, debate, right. different episode. In this case, you've got a private place. I consider UCLA to be private. Um, he was invited to come speak at a private event and anyone who obstructed his ability to speak to that uh, audience that came to see him speak is uh, is basically violating property. Okay, that's interesting. Well, here's one final clip I want to play from CNN. This guy weighed in on the Berkeley protests, 
And here's what he thinks about their protest, their right to assemble. Here's what he says. President Trump weighing in with a funding threat, tweeting... If UC Berkeley does not allow free speech and practices violence, no federal funds? Mmm, so now he's threatening to withhold funds from this campus, from this college, because he disagrees with their free speech, and maybe the violence, I, I, would, I would... Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe them burning it's, it's, down the fucking... I, I, you know, look, uh, so he's fighting, fighting violence with super violence. He's fighting no, no, violence no. with super wait, violence. Wait, 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 withholding look. funding is violence. No, no, hold on. Right? No, 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 no this is important. This is important is because it? because the Supreme Court ruled, I, I believe in Citizens United, that spending money mm-hmm. is an act of expression. Right. So they are allowing corporations to spend as much money as possible. So if spending money is an act of expression, not spending money then can be argued is also an act of expression. Right. I, expression, I, look, look. not violence. Well, but, but hold on, we, hold we on. talked well, about super this. I, I think... Look, look. I, I think you know, Trump misses the point a little bit that the university wasn't trying to shut him down. It was protesters who shut him down, right? right. Taking funding away from a university who was having security threats and literal fires started in the streets by non-university actors, it's right. not their fault. It's not their fault. The yeah, university was I, actually I think, trying to stop I the think, protesters. Uh, that's not what I heard. I heard uh, Milo oh, and others were saying that the university, if they didn't all, like oh, uh, blatantly kind of invite the protest, they kind of winked and looked the other way when it was uh, happening. According to Milo, the guy who's being protested... So, 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 so look, in, in terms of free speech, if the if it is a publicly funded space, they can't choose to who can speak there. But in this instance, I don't think... I understand there's... Look, the people who work at UCLA were probably happy that Milo got shut down, but the reason he was shut down was because of fires being started by non-university actors. It wasn't the university's fault. That's true, yeah. and uh, I, I don't think that... <laughs> it's in the university's best interest for $100,000 worth of damage to be done to their campus. Uh, they definitely were trying to prevent that from happening. Uh, look, I don't even want Trump deciding who gets funding and who doesn't. I don't... You think I want that shit? You think I want the government fucking picking, no, picking winners not. and losers in any of this shit? Look, that's an interesting debate. I think we can have that for another show, another time. But, guys, moving on, we should probably talk about... We should wrap this up. Just uh, This episode's getting a little bit long. We should talk about some quick news headlines from around the web. Here's one. This is from New York Daily News. I don't know if you guys have heard of him. His name is Rodrigo Alves. He's called the Human Kendall. And he can't breathe properly after having 50 plastic surgeries. They said here on a British talk show called This Morning... The human Ken doll, Rodrigo Alves, revealed that simply taking in air has become problematic. Trigger. Thanks to his numerous plastic surgeries. July of last year, I had my nose reconstructed with a piece of cartilage from my ribs, said Alves. Christ. Who has had eight nose jobs alone. That helped, but I still can't breathe 100%. Now, he was on this talk show. I watched this clip, and the hosts were besides themselves. They said, "How, how can you do this to yourself? How can you... Why are you doing so much plastic surgery? And then Alves said, no, no, no. I'm doing plastic surgery now so that I can breathe better. The only plastic surgery I'm getting now is to help my breathing. It's already been obstructed. Uh, This guy, I guess, inherited a lot of money. Nobody knows how much, but he inherited a lot of money and has basically used a lot of it on plastic surgery to reconstruct himself. And he looks like almost a different person. Almost, um, uh, yeah, something weird about him. Have you guys seen this picture? I'll post a picture of him. I wanna, I'm want i curious what you yeah. guys think, but I, I think too much plastic surgery. Every time I see someone who's received a lot of plastic surgery, elective, you know, not, not people who've been in, uh, you know, f- uh, fire burns and things like that, but people who've received too much elective plastic surgery, they no longer really look 
quite human. human this right? guy, if it's the guy I'm thinking of, he he doesn't look human. He, he doesn't look attractive, right? He doesn't look like somebody anyone would would want. Like he looks like he's sort of checked out of the of the game of the rom- romance game. Like he doesn't want. He wants to. He wants to literally. Uh, uh marry barbie like he doesn't want a human being to come near him is what he looks like to me i will say this having seen him and you know feeling a lot of the same sentiments that this this guy looks really weird and and unusual on the interview he came across as super confident very content and very happy maybe he looks good at night and like he's photogenic maybe that's what it is yeah i don't know i mean i saw i saw photos of him in addition to the live interview and uh it just it all looked weird it looked like anyone else i've met who has received a lot of plastic surgery but he does seem happy and content and to his credit he seems super confident hey i mean if whatever makes you happy man like whatever makes you happy as long as you're not hurting somebody else you can you can cut off yeah. your face. I think we can all agree with that. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Here's another headline. <clears throat> I don't know if you guys heard about this. It's made a lot of headlines everywhere. But uh, this is from KTLA.com. A live cockroach was pulled out of a woman's skull in India after she felt crawling inside her head. That's fucking metal, dude. <laughs> yeah, it is it's pretty so metal. You ever, you ever, you, like when I was little and I, I saw earwigs. Yeah. Like I just immediately assumed they would crawl in your ear at night and like eat your brain. And so I'm like, I would see them and go, ah, and like smash them. Yeah, I used to lay down in the grass until somebody told me about earwigs, and then I saw them everywhere. I don't know. Is that that's? I think that's definitely confirmation bias. When you start seeing earwigs after someone tells you they're going to crawl in your but, but ears, they don't really crawl in your ears and like. No, I don't think brain. so. Right. But there are bugs that crawl into your holes. Oh god. Case in point. I mean, every now oh, and then you. And it's always from India. These like bugs, <laughs> bugs being <laughs> bugs being hatched in for, like people's bodies. You hear about the bot fly incident? Oh god. Well, I've heard about bot Which flies. One? Bot flies are so nasty. There's a. Uh, this up, was man. back in I think the late '90s, David. Um. This kid in India, his his parents took him to the doctor because he was pissing out flies. Oh, flies were coming out of their his pee hole, and turned out they after they did some X rays and they found out that this guy had a bot fly infestation in his body. His parents took him to a river to go swimming, and bot flies. I think the larva is, is kind of like a parasite, and it went down this kid's pee hole, uh-huh. and then laid eggs that were then hatching oh. and climbing out. Uh, but anyway, back to the story of the cockroach. An Indian woman who had a live cockroach extracted from her skull at first thought she had a cold, the Times of India reported. The 42-year-old woman woke up Tuesday night and felt an itchy sensation in her nasal cavity. Oh. Then she felt a tingling, crawling sensation around her nose and eyes. She went to a clinic, then a hospital, before being referred to the government Stanley Medical College Hospital in Chennai, according to New Indian Express. Doctors there used a nasal endoscope and were stunned when they found a full-grown cockroach. It was live, and it didn't seem to want to come out, said the Times, quoting Dr. M. N. Shankar as saying, It was sitting in the skull base between the two eyes. Can you imagine? A cockroach between your eyes, close to the brain. If left inside, it would have died before long, and the patient would have developed an infection which would have spread to the brain, Dr. Shankar told the Times. It took 45 minutes for the rescue team to remove the cockroach using forceps and a suction device. Apparently, the cockroach crawled up in the woman's nose while she was asleep and got stuck. Wow. What a horror story. I I had had a bee go in my ear once. I think I had a heart attack. Hey, you know. It landed in my ear, and I'm like, what do I do? (laughs) Talk about earwax. Find a god and pray to it. (laughs) I'm just like, just let it do its thing and hope it leaves. Anyway, guys, uh, that's that's it for the show. Tim, is there anything you want to plug before we, we wrap this up? Oh, uh, I mean, I'm on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash TimCast, and uh, on Twitter. You can basically find me anywhere at TimCast. 
Seems easy, right? Timcast on YouTube and Twitter. We'll link to it on the website. Thank you, Tim, for joining us. Very fascinating debate. I'm curious to see how the voting goes down. Thank you to my power bottom commanding moderator, Rucka Rucka Ali. That's right. And David. Hey, thank, thank you. you. But most of all, you're welcome. Maddox, you piece of human shit. Did I really just hear you say on your podcast in front of all your viewers, you're like, ooh, oh, six, is, six is like a handshake. No, it fucking isn't like a handshake, you goddamn moron. A handshake is like an accord. It's, it's a fucking agreement. It's not, it's not what the fuck sex is. Are, are, are you kidding me? I'm like, I like, how, I like how through half of this whole fucking debate, through half of this whole thing, you're like bragging about how much fucking, how much ass you pull from... <laughs> From fucking one night stands, like yeah. you're this Armenian stallion or something. It's like bullshit, <laughs> bull fucking shit. You're a fucking washed up balding Armenian with fucking sausage tits for crying out loud. You know, fuck you, dude. <laughs> nah, that thing was an accident. I just meant to buzz. Two buzzes for that guy. That guy's a piece of shit. All right, fuckface. Here's the thing. Uh, it takes a little bit more than your looks, your wallet, your status to land some ladies, dipshit. Clearly in your case. Fuck you, David. You don't know shit. <laughs> all right. Now, here's the thing. I know I've cracked the code. All right. I have worked on myself and I become the type of person women want to date and bone. Maybe if you weren't such a fucking loser calling in and assaulting me with your words, violence, committing violence <laughs> against violence. me. Super violence. Super violence. Yeah. You seem upset. Piece of shit. I thought it was funny that he was like, sex is not an agreement. Kind <laughs> 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 A little rapey there. Good point, David. Here's another one. Do you know that Sagat or whatever, S-A-G-A-T from Street Fighter? Yeah, Sagat. Uh, is supposedly seven foot five and 172 pounds. Yeah. That, there's no possible way that could be do that. Seven foot five, one hundred and seventy two pounds. He'd be like thick, thin. Uh, I mean, it'd make more sense if he was like five foot five, one hundred and seventy two pounds, <laughs> or like seven five, like three hundred. Yeah, we'll say three hundred pounds, because he's like built like a fucking brick wall, man. He's just all muscle. He's got abs. But he's got a lot of muscle. Okay. Wow, my whole uh, he, he goes he goes on and he talks about uh, he wraps up that call. He's like, well, I guess uh, there's a new fighter in MMA. Is <laughs> made me think of Sagat. That's uh, weird, Matthew McConaughey. Tip, that's, that's I think that's a pretty standard call of his. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll do one more. I think Rucka, this one's for you. Oh boy. Uh, a caller noticed you were saying something in a certain way last episode. Yeah. Let's see, let's see if you guys can pick up what this word is. Jesus fucking Christ, y'all little <laughs> fucking millennial cunts over here. I've heard the word, mil- like, literally so many times, I'm w- I feel like I'm watching a goddamn Leafy video. <laughs> like watching, uh, what is it, Rucka's God Leafy. Look, I literally, like, hooked up with this girl, literally. Jesus Christ, is there any other fucking way you can hook up with someone other than literally? Because seriously, I'd be into that, some of that multi-dimensional shit, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> nah, I got some of that like, multi-dimensional, literally bullshit. God damn. Oh my God, You're fucking for stars, for Christ's sake. My God. Uh, uh okay. I love you. Uh, uh, 
uh, th- th- thanks, bro. I'm, I'm just gonna put this out there. Like, uh, that that guy literally sounds like my grandpa, and, and I'm not even joking about that. Like, it's like me, me, and me and Maddox were just uh, smoking some, uh, uh, you know, like black tar, meth, heroin, t- uh, Tylenol. No big deal. Just you know, when, when we we got this voicemail. This guy's like literally just just like mad at me for 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 the words that I use. Like, dude, like it's the internet, okay? Just just it's it's not that important, dude. Uh, can I ask you a question, Leafy? Yeah. Did that collar make you cringe at all? Dude, it was like cringe to oblivion, bro. <laughs> like, I'm literally going to kill myself. And I know someone out there going, oh, no, Le- Leafy, like a headline, uh, internet cyberbully Leafy uh, k- kills himself uh, over over uh, a voicemail on the podcast. Okay, I'm just joking about this, you guys. Guys, if you are completely lost at this point and you have no idea what's going on, look up Leafy is but, here. Uh, and, uh, but uh, on a serious note, uh, th- thanks for listening, guys. And uh, yeah, I hope you liked this episode today. And if you did, dude, it's your lucky day because uh, for every like that this podcast episode gets, we will be giving away um, a free T-shirt. Uh, uh, one free T-shirt. That's right. Uh, no, no scam. You will literally get a free T-shirt delivered at your door the minute you leave a like on this podcast episode. And uh, and uh, t- but jo- jo- jokes aside, guys. With all Wrong. that being said, uh, jokes aside. This the, the, all jokes aside. This really, uh, we, we do appreciate all the support lately. And uh, uh, check check out our our bonus episode, dude. Yeah, Maddox versus the universe. Hey there. Don't forget to subscribe to Madcast shows on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Okay, bye. Madcast Media Network.